following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to episode 13, spooky episode 13 that is. I am your host, DJ Swartz. And I am your other host, Alex Sala. Today we have a very special guest, a secret guest to some people. Um, But before we get to that, we had game night yesterday and um, I enjoyed myself. Thank you so much, Tracy, for setting that up. Really appreciate that. Oh, she's the one who set it up. She did, yes. She does everything. (laughs) Uh, She set it up. She wrote. A bunch of Jeopardy questions. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Who won Jeopardy? Do you you even know? Yeah, it was a team. Um, We split. We had three teams, and we split them off into groups. Groups. So you weren't the team that won, though? No, no, no. I was hosting with her. Oh, okay. You weren't even. Her and I were the hosts of the night. If I was on a team, I would have won. No (laughs) doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, probably. Put me out. Put me out there and I will I will win. I, I was disappointed. I couldn't make it. I thought I could. There are some questions that I put in there thinking that you would know them. Well, too bad so, I, I didn't, didn't show didn't up. happen. Okay, I had I had obligations. Right. And I thought they were gonna end earlier and they didn't, so Well, it won't be the last one, but I don't know if we'll do any more group games playing uh Games with emotional theater people is not <laughs> it's not, always... not the most fun thing to do. So, Too um, yeah. So we'll probably split it off next time. But I, I would love to have another game night. Thank you, Tracy, for setting that up. I just wanted to give her that shout out. And if you missed it, don't miss it next time. It was well. You got to tell me earlier next time. Well, I didn't mean you. I just meant the <laughs> okay, listeners. Okay. The listeners at home. Um, okay. Is that it? Is that all we have? Before That's I all I have. Okay. That wasn't even mine. Okay, yeah. Well, you didn't Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. You know what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to remember to ask you at the end. Okay, um, I'm pulling it up as we speak. <laughs> wow. Do you remember all the other ones? No. Paragon, Nadir, Blythe. These are all too easy. Let me find something a little bit... Uh, Oh, wow, that's... No. You know all these? Yeah. Resplendent. Shiny, glowing. Resplendent. Resplendent. I'll forget that. The joyful bride was resplendent in grandmother's heirloom jewelry. Resplendent. Okay, I gotta ask you that. that. Sean, though. 
Sean Ward. We, so we had um, Tracy wrote podcast questions as part of the Jeopardy thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the last question was what was uh, the the vocab word on Easter, the Easter episode? Oh, yeah. And he knew it. Nice. I was very impressed. Good. I didn't, that, I didn't think I knew it. That means they're actually paying attention when they're listening to this podcast. They were all very into the podcast and the podcast questions. So <laughs> that felt good. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, you would have enjoyed it if you were there. Okay. We don't need to rehash that. <laughs> okay. Is that it? Is that all we have to go through? Yes, that's all. Okay. <laughs> now, our special guest on our episode 13. The one, the only. Drum roll. My dad, Aldon Swartz. Thank Yay. you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring in the spook to episode 13. Yeah, so we, we had you on episode 13 because yeah. I, we all know everyone loves horror and Halloween here at the theater. <laughs> we all know I'm unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true reason. Yeah. We had um, a, a section that was yours yesterday. So like stuff that you wrote or stuff that you adapted. And um, I that was fun to, to put together because I, I love seeing all the – you did – Eight winter classics adapted eight. That surprised me when you. We, I thought I had done. It seemed like more, but I eight only. I saw. Yep, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a slacker. I don't know. I, I, I don't eight. know if I'd call you a slacker. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, that, I thought. I don't know why, but you know. Yeah, winter classics. Yeah, eight. I mean, just that we've done here. Right. Well, the other things that we've done that aren't didn't put you know winter classic. I oh, mean right. that, that, that. Oh yeah. I mean, things that could have been in, like um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and what some. So sometimes I lump them in with my classics. And, right. Yeah. Right. We also did um, like how many, but what did you write the most of? And I I knew it's between these two. These are either uh, the thrillers or the comedies. And oh, that's what that means. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, the fall thriller you wrote more by by like a hair. You wrote more of them than than comedies, but the Lottie and Bernices added up. Yeah, like yeah, they they add up. Yeah, <laughs> they add up. Wait, how many Lottie and Bernices are there? Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was also a trivia question yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would not have gotten that right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's so much. So yeah, where do we even start with you? <laughs> um. We'll just start with from the beginning. How did you? get your start in all of this it, for here ghost light just yeah. for no let's start from the very beginning how you even came to get involved in theater well it, um i think you know in grade school i had amazing teachers all the way along the way and i had a fifth grade teacher who let me write a play and put it on in class and it was a ripoff of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I see that now. Um, I mean, it was the whole thing. I just changed the names. And, um, and she let me put it on. And it just, you know, encouraging kind of... I think I f- figured out early on it's all I could do. That's it. There was, there, there, nothing else. Nothing else was, was going to work. And so, and then in high school, I was involved in speech and debate. And, you know... We went on to tournaments and stuff like that, and duet acting and radio speaking. Believe I won uh, our conference in radio speaking, and I had never done it before. But I just did it like an actor, you know, 
like Paul Harvey. I know that that mean name means nothing to you, <laughs> but I just did a Paul Harvey um, riff kind of thing and won. And we went, you know. So I, I was always interested. You know, I always thought maybe there was something there. I don't know. To, I mean, that yeah kept my interest right. And so that's what you know. What, and then took it in college, you know, in courses. And then I graduated, came home, and got this job. Um, I came home in November of 81 and started this in 82. Got the job in February of 82. And so there it is. What was the job exactly? It was to direct a summer musical. Back there, you know, in the um, late, you know, 70s and such, every city would sponsor a, a summer stock situation, you know, for young kids up to age 18. And I had only been in two musicals in my college, you know, but that's what they were offering. Someone to direct the 11th annual. They almost cut it. They, oh, we're done with this nonsense. They had a different director every year. So the mayor, Mayor Hoffman, Mayor Betty, and who was a hero of the theater. She, you know, really a patron and, and kept us going. She said, no, let's, let's scare up somebody else and do an 11th summer. And that was me. And, uh, I had been in carousel in in college. Think I was roped into it when my teacher said, "If you want to pass this class, you're going to take a part, uh, a small part, you know." And but I loved it. I loved it, and so it was the only one I knew. So of course that's when I directed. So th- that was, uh, and then the kids. I remember afterwards, and I met Deb and um, Joanne. Then and um, Jesse helped me. He, I mean. I come home, and here's Jesse on one side, my, my brother Tom on the other, at the audition table. So I thought, oh, no, I'm not facing this alone. The, the two of them were there. And uh, off we went. And, and uh, uh, the kids were so depressed after. I said, what's going on? We're cleaning up the stage. I said, well, we won't do anything till next summer. And I thought, well, mm, maybe not. Maybe we'll come up with something else. That year we added a winter show. The next year, we added a fall show, <laughs> and um, I kept going back to my boss. I, you know, technically, they hired me at the rec department, and I became, you know, director of, of theater for the recreation for twenty years. And back then, that was a big thing. Instead of just a softball league, you know, for recreation cities put you know m- put up money, uh, they wanted some uh, diversity in arts and stuff. So we won a ton of awards statewide and. Uh, nationwide for our arts programming here in North Tonawanda because of our goal site theater. And yeah, so that was, that happened pretty darn quick, right? So, um, although I've been doing it 40 years, I'm still very young (laughs) because it right, right out of college, right? Smack out of college. Uh, I was blessed and not lucky and just all every step along the way, you know, I feel so lucky. So, you know, to have this whole, uh, Situation. When you graduated college, did you think you were going to go off and do something else, somewhere else? I had a teaching degree, and I didn't like teaching. Student, <laughs> my student teacher was a nightmare. I thought, had I known this, I'd save myself some time. I hated it. Hated it. Every bit of it. I apologize if anybody you know, was in that class. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. So I had this teaching degree, secondary English theater. Thank you all the same. And I had, I knew, the only thing I did know for sure is I didn't want to teach. But, you know, 
So there we have it. And so I came home, and I was going to go back to Texas. I had spent three summers in Texas working, and I was going to go back. That's going to be my career. I, I, I loved it, absolutely loved it. And I was to be the, I was the program director my third summer, and I was going to be program director year-round. And out in Texas, they do outdoor education. You have groups come in. We have horses. They have the whole thing. I loved it. So unlike me, such a challenge that I never th- thought. And I'm on the phone out there in Texas, almost say, okay, I'm coming, you know, for life. And one of my brother's friends was holding up the Tanawana News, circled this thing, say, they need a theater director for a summer musical. And they're willing to lay out three hundred dollars <laughs> for the whole, now the lure of big money, <laughs> and I had him on the phone, and I'm like, "Go, oh, I'll call you back." And I, I, I hope I called. I don't remember calling back because it's been forty two years. Um, that was the fork in my road, a, a real obvious fork in my road, and no regrets. Absolutely, this is where I was supposed to be. And that's how it happened. You know, that's so how you life were teaching is. in Texas. No, I was oh. a camp. I was oh, a okay. camp counselor in, in LaGrange, uh, Texas, uh, down there from college. You know, they said, hey, we got camps all over the country. Do you want to work at a camp? Oh, okay. And I threw my hand off. Why not? What else? You know, this summer before I worked at Burger King, I, thought I could, you know, do, I don't know. So uh, then they got a call at the dorm. And he said, yeah, from Texas. I'm like, oh, come on. Who is this? This is a joke. No, we want you to come on down and work at our camp. And I thought, ah, what? And I saw, okay, I did. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. Here was a Yankee down in, in, <laughs> in deep Texas. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. loved it. I was special just because I was from New York. Yeah. And at first it was kind of like, you know, oh, a Yankee down here. <laughs> I loved absolutely I think everything who I became was those three summers. Absolutely. And and so it, it was difficult not to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, theater was always, you know. And, of course, at camp you do some theater, but, yeah. you know, not real. You know what I mean? Like yeah, campy yeah. camp theater. Yeah. Right, right. So, anyway, that's a long answer, but sorry. <laughs> but no, that, yeah, that's <laughs> So what – this is a question that I get a lot, and – I think I answer it correctly, but let's just answer it once and for all for everyone. Uh, what's the difference between Ghost Light Theater and Saturday Night Theater? Well, when when we uh, – the city tossed us out. You know, there's no finer way to put it. They're like, yeah, we're done with you. We're not – no more money. You know, nothing. You're, you're on your way. And uh, we were acquiring um, the church down the street. And we had 30 days to incorporate – so we got a good uh, – someone who had used to work with IRS, a lawyer, and uh, he did it. He In 30 days, we got our 501c3, which is unheard of, in order to claim our assets and say, okay, we're leaving, but we're taking all this, which they had no problem with. Right. They, they were like, like, okay, as long as you leave, just get out. We don't care. And uh, so I'm on the phone with the, 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 the eternal – Attorney General's office of of New York State calling and saying you can't have Ghost Light Theater. Ghost Light Theater is taken. It's a bookstore in New York City. I'm like, what? They say so. If you make money as Ghost Light Theater, they'll have a claim to it. So, and I need a name, and I need a name now because if you want this done by you know, the clock was ticking. Well, I had my art history book there because I was teaching art history at Villa Maria College time. I grabbed it and I'm flipping through it, flipping through it. The inspiration, come on, come on. 
I think it's it would be permanent. This would be our right our name. I came up f- 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 Starry Night Theater. So I said Starry Night Theater, thinking, "Come on, it's New York. That's gone. There's no way yeah, I, we're yeah. going to get that." He's I hear him flicking pages. Then he goes, "Yep, you can have it." I'm like <laughs> what? So um, I, there were a couple things I said before, which I don't even remember now, but I'm glad we didn't end up those um, names. <laughs> oh, no. But I was just, you know, you're panicky and yeah. you're thinking, you know, hadn't we been able to become a 501c3 by the time the city, like at midnight, on, wanted us out? Um, we couldn't acquire the building. We couldn't acquire, take our sats and our lights and everything with us. So it was. That's it. But if if you if that's the answer you give, DJ, then that <laughs> yeah. is correct. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you give that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that. I don't know. I don't know that. Wow. I, and so the buildings go like there. So we tell well, people write checks to go like there. Go. Our building is very talented. It cannot cash checks. So do not write checks to Ghost Light Theater. Our production company is Starry okay, Night Theater yeah. Incorporated <laughs> at the Ghost Light Theater. Okay, so that's what I say. Yeah, that's it. The show, I know. I'm Beautiful. Gabby. No, no. I, yeah, I Alex, like Alex pronounced me Gabby a couple I, I episodes. Did, no, I, I am a fan of this. I I, me and Daisy May, my cat, we <laughs> never miss this. This is our Tuesday ritual, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> The moment she hears the theme song, she's asleep. She's oh and she God. wakes up at the end of it. <laughs> wow! So um, she doesn't want to listen to us. Well, no, I think she's she's dreaming and hearing your voices, <laughs> and um, but no, there. I'll try. I'll try to hold my answers. No, no, no. Okay. I'll no, no, shorten no, 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 my no, no, no. answers. Okay, no, I did not mean anything negative. By no, that. I'm I just like teasing. That. I know but it was the same episode. She called me fat. <laughs> okay. She doubled down on us is what happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they um I was just gonna come in and say yes. No. <laughs> no, that would have been awful. I like these long answers. The episode would be five minutes long yeah, because exactly. you would you would throw me out. <laughs> um so did you you absolutely wanted to name it the Ghost Light Theater or was there a part of you that was like, Oh, we could just name it Starry Night and just have that one name? It, we we knew we could keep both. We knew our identity. You know, it was you know uh, the our original uh, foursome, um, the Mount Rushmore of Ghostlight <laughs> Theater. Uh, me, Deb, Joanne, and Jesse. We were so into the lore of theater. We were so and so we had a ghost light, and so we called ourselves the Ghostlight Theater Company. We chose that. We felt that was perfect for. You know, what we wanted to be, kind of that mysterious mm-hmm. aspect of theater. So we didn't think we'd lose our name. I mean, first of all, we'll call ourselves, as long as we don't make money as that. Yeah. I think that bookstore is long gone anyway. Yeah, they, I was going to look that up. It's <laughs> like, come on. And a book, if it was a little theater, there are ghost site theaters all across the country. So if you Google, you'll see different ones like that. But in New York... To be a 501, you know, your name that you're, t- you know, I was shocked that we got Starry Night Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. I mean, I wasn't thrilled, but at that, you know, at 11th hour, and you know, we're, it, we're on survival mode at that point. You're like, oh, we'll call ourselves the Brown Bag. The, I don't, just give us a name. You pick one. You pick, I don't know, five, three. I don't, give us a number. So I pretty much would have probably gone with anything, you know, but I was happy that it turned out. And, um, Starry Night, the painting, he painted it in 1889, the year the building was built. And in the middle of Starry Night, you see an exact replica of our church, of the, the, the steeple and everything, yeah. right in the middle. It was now, meant to be. Yeah, yeah, and he painted it in an asylum, which with <laughs> actors, crazy actors. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, it all worked. It worked, you know, very well. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah, I love now that. we all know the background. Right, I love that. Don't ask us anymore. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it that is um, a, one of the most asked questions I get, and like I always panic because I I I, <laughs> so I did reasons. know the answer, but like I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, do I not? What if this is the wrong answer and I'm spewing wrong information everywhere? So now that is cleared up. If I don't know an answer, I just say, "What are you writing a book?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. No. I'm afraid that's you. privileged. Can't information. disclose. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, where do we go from here? Well, all right. So when did you guys, because I know Jesse was talking about it, and I know um, I've heard multiple stories. Where did you go first? Was it, was it? Um, I forget that building's name, the place that's now apartments, or did you go to the Riviera first? We were in the school systems because we were, you know, a, a city function. So we could use the school's. For the first few years, everything was free. You know, then it was, and it was rightfully so. They'd say, you know, look, you know, you have to have a janitor on come on the weekends. So we think that you should pay for that. And I thought, well, that was more unreasonable. We had never a problem with it. Well, whatever you need us to pay, you know. So after a while, we'd have, there was a, just a nominal nothing fee, you know, to cover. Someone would be with us when we moved into the schools on Saturday from, from 9 a.m. to 10, uh, 9 a.m. To, to, to 9 p.m. So we were in the schools. Um, and mostly Grant School. We loved Grant School. We designed the, the Ghost Light Theater now after Grant School. It was what we were most familiar with. The stage is two and a half feet tall because the one at Grant School is two and a half feet tall. Um, everything about sort of that we knew and loved about the little theater space, and it was about the same amount of seats at, at Grant Elementary School. Um, and then, of course, it wasn't big enough for the big musical. So the musical we played at the junior high on Payne Avenue, the big one across from the ball field, you know. Yes, um, yeah. uh, Lowry, uh, and we and that held like uh, eleven hundred or something. It was a size, similar size to the Riviera. We were there, and then in nineteen eighty-five, uh, Mayor Betty said, "Hey, I can get the Riviera if you want to do Oliver at the Riviera." Well, I was so nervous. About, uh, yeah, okay. Well, it's the air condition. That was one huge thing. We go in there, and we sweat to death the audience will come and pack themselves in at lowry there's no and it's in august as you well know there's no air conditioning and it it was just unbearable absolutely unbearable and so we went in 85 and i thought it was so nerve-wracking i you know first thing carl did is try to put a big set piece on the movie screen before they flew the movie screen up and you know those things are gauze but they're like million dollar gauze he's going to uh, I was so so. We 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 fried their electrical system, the f- the first day we're in there, mm-hmm. plugging our lights in. So, I thought, can we not maybe go back there ever? And um, we did. In '88, we went and stayed. We stayed for eight years, wow. uh, forty three shows. Wow. And um, and then we they were it, it was so expensive, so expensive. And so we said, Bye. I would, uh, back to the schools we went, and we saved our money. I didn't know how much we had saved, but we'd saved up 50000 Wow! by the time we acquired Freedens. So we were able to fix some things up right away because we went back to the schools. So that was schools, Riviera for eight years, then back to the schools. I love the, the story about acquiring the building. Can you tell <laughs> yeah. that one? Well, we you know we you know we performed at Grant and it was Dracula, and um, Winter Classic, and we'd go. Our neighbor now, um, Chris Brick, uh, ran a pizzeria 
right by Grant's school. So we'd come down the hill right there, and we'd ha- he set us up one night. He had the, the you know uh, table set up. We had the whole place. Oh, so nice. Awesome. Oh, it was great. So we're having a pizza party, and I'm what I always do. What do I do? I complain, <laughs> and I'm complaining, and blah, and he's listening the whole time. He's behind the counter listening, and I know he's listening. So the next day, I get a phone call. I'm like, who is this, and how did you get my number? <laughs> and he, hi, I, you know, I'm. Oh, hi, yeah, the rest. Hi, Chris, how are you? He said, Well, I'm fine. I, I live in the parsonage by Fre- uh, Freedens. I, I, and the church is, um, a, has been abandoned for a year. Do you guys want it? And I, what? You know what? You know you. you oh, I'll say so. Yeah, and him, and his dad, um, Dan Brick. Just instrumental, saying we could make this happen. By that point, you know you're tired, you're you're worn out. We'd go into the schools, and then no matter what, one time we had a, a Chinese auction. The gym backed up against the stage wall. Of course it did. That's how we designed things. They'd be sometimes basketball back there during a show. You hear clonk, clonk. So there were all kinds of problems. But anyway, so that and then uh, went out to Freedens, talked to the congregation on a. I want to say it was close to Easter, springtime there. And and uh, Chris, I don't know. No, Christmas. It was Christmas. And they were out with another congregation on, on East Amherst, uh, out in Amherst somewhere, on Robinson. And I went out by myself <laughs> and talked to them and thought, I don't know. I said, look, we got nothing. We got nothing. Well, we'll take care of your building. I just thought, I had to say, they were pleasant. They were so kind. I thought, this is not going to, why would they give us a building? Right. It's not going to happen. So I'm driving home thinking, well, whatever. I gave it my shot. You know, had my little song and dance. I got home. The phone's ringing. And they're like, we want to give you our church. And so it was overwhelming. And then when we had the meeting for them to hand over the deed at the lawyer's office, um, and they said, and now the presentation of the symbolic dollar bill, I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was, that's a real thing? <laughs> I didn't know if I had a dollar bill on me. I was pan, I, well, I did. Scrunched up down in my pocket and I get it out. And it's like, I, saw, I thought that was ceremonial. And I lay it down. I go, and that was it. It cost us a dollar. And so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So they really just gave it to you. Yes, they did. And they, they, they shared with us this mission of United Church of Christ mission Within their communities, their mission, number A, number one, is to improve the community, is to be uh, uh, someone who, and say, under that uh, mission statement, they justified, and the other side of it, and not to dis- diminish their their uh, generosity, which is just amazing to me, and so inspirational. On the other side of it, this is how bad the building was. The city was putting pressure on them to tear it down. Wow. And to tear it down and cart it away 20 years ago would cost $300,000. So they were looking at 
one of the problems, as we know, the upkeep of that building, they couldn't afford it anymore. The congregation had splintered. Because okay. I was going to ask why they were moving Oh, and out. they loved their building. They lo- and so we have members still come, and they sit where their family pews is. They mm-hmm. still sit where their family pew. And I love that. Yeah. And I talk to them all the time, and, and um, they are grateful. They're like, no, you know, this could be gone. This could be a pool hall or a, 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 a rummage sale. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, so that's yeah that that's how that happened, and um, I think they were relieved. It was a win-win, you know. If they couldn't even p- pay the heat, right? How would they come up with three hundred to to demolish the you know? And so either that or pay a dollar and walk away. And um, but then you're acquiring all those issues. Well, and absolutely, and that was that was the gamble. And and uh, there was one meeting that I was down at City Hall fighting for our whatever, and I come back to go site, and the meeting had started without me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm hearing him say, do we even know this building is sound? Yeah. I know. I remember exactly the two people who said that. I come flying in. I come. I was mad. I was like, okay, all right, guys, let's pick the other building that was given to Oh, wait, no, this is the only one that was given to us. <laughs> <laughs> so we needed a new roof. We needed a new the, the the boiler was was gone, so we had to put in five furnaces. And where do you come up with that money? Just well, our very first musical there was Fiddler on the Roof with the awesome Larry Norton from ninety seven Rock as Tevya, and he'd talk on the radio. He'd go, well, these, "These people want to put a roof. I'm playing Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. Come out support." We didn't have our air condition, um, and we raised enough every bit of the money that we had finished. The, the roof, so that when that show was over, the roof was paid for um, with the 50000 that we had gotten, you know, that we had saved up. Mm-hmm. And then turn around in the fall, oh, the heat doesn't work. <laughs> Five new furnaces. So, it, that yeah, it, we knew we had an architect come in um, and kick the tires kind of thing. Kind of thing. You know, free, she said, this building is sound. They do not make buildings like this anymore. This building will outlive us all. Based on her recommendation, I thought, okay, that's all I need to hear. I don't need to hear no more. What, what, you know? Right. So here we are, twenty some years, still there, still the building's still standing. So, you know, there it is. Whoa! <laughs> to the naysayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it will outlive us all. Still. Right. Well, there was a storm once, and we were we were thinking, did we run home? Mm-hmm. We were all, and the little kids were little, little, we're over there. And I said, this building stand 135 years. We'll stay here. We'll go home. That new thing will be, we'll go <laughs> get whisked away in a tornado. Yeah. yeah. And we sunk, and it was, we didn't even know the storm was going on. You know, you're in this, you know, what is it, like four feet thick uh, brick stone basement. Oh, yeah. We're down like, yeah, well, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're going to be fine here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how did... When you acquired the church, how much did you have to renovate to fit the theater? Um, well, Jesse was instrumental in putting up our light grid. He hopped right on that. He he had that up for the first show. The first show was Our Town, and which I thought was perfectly appropriate. We switched it. I think it was supposed to be Lizzie Borden. We switched it around. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, that wouldn't probably sit well. So it, Our Town was perfect. We're still on the pews. That was the only show we still had the pews. And I didn't like that. First of all, it's not comfortable. Second of all, you're asking someone to, you know, sit 
thigh to thigh with a stranger. Well, that can get weird real quick. It's not fair. You know, <laughs> right. trap someone in and this. And so it was uncomfortable and whatever. But we did it. We so all we we put that stage up that the one that we just changed a couple years ago was still standing. It was all our platforms. We had enough to just put them up there. If you see, look at pictures of our town, which are on the website, you'll see it's still basically a church, and we're set a bunch of platforms up on the altar and, and out in the and, – and we knew we had to start getting revenue immediately. We did pretty well. I don't remember the numbers now, but people were curious. They're like, oh, what? And it came in. It was perfect for our town because, you know, sitting in an old church in pews. Right. And But by the next show, The Foreigner, which is when DJ was born during The Foreigner, uh, we had the chairs already. We had people sponsor the chairs. So you want chairs? You don't want to – you don't want a sore butt? We need to we need you to pony up fifty dollars and we'll put a little plaque on the chair or sit on the it's up to you. Well, we sold chairs like crazy. We we had before you know it, we had enough. There's we're still sitting on them, they're beat, they're a little beat. <laughs> but um that's and we did it I said, but we'll we promise we'll have them by next show. But we need to sell these. So uh, the uh, members got out and you know, sold seats. Yeah. And uh, we didn't pay anything on, for those. They were, oh. yeah, patrons um, provided those. I love that. I, I have the plaque with my name on it. Go which ahead. is crazy because I was I was literally just born. Yeah, we I, we got we we put one for each one of you in there somewhere in that yeah. building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, you didn't pay fifty dollars back no, then. No, no, not me. Over no. here, we yeah, we sure did. Yep. I want that cost us three hundred just to get our family in. Wow. Yeah. And so, but it, you know, that's what everybody said. Well, no, this is this is historic. We're gonna mm-hmm. come on, and everybody felt that way. In fact, we ran out. I mean, we said eh, we can't. We can only put two hundred fourteen seats in. I'm sorry. Right. We'd love to take your money, but. Was the upstairs the same as it is, or was that the whole area for the sound and lights built? Uh, Mark Woomer built that. That was the, That's the, uh, the where the uh, organ pipes were, the innards for the organ. Oh, The okay. chamber and all that that made the sound, the oompa-pa, oompa-pa came out of there. And Mark said, I could put the booth in, you know, we'll have to gut the... It, get that out and put and keep the integrity. So you turn around and look up there. That's an organ chamber, and our booth is in it. The only thing and Mark did it, just brilliant, just I mean amazing job. So he turned it. He built up the the platform, the everything, and we had the glass. Jesse wanted the glass. I got rid of that during Music Man. I think it was Music Man. I I, I just went up there and took that plexiglass off. First of all, you're in an aquarium. You're getting this horrible. You can't hear because you're in, you know. So. Once we took, for years, we were stuffed in that. It was so hot, we couldn't hear. So how are we supposed to judge microphones yeah. when we couldn't? So it was so nice. I think it was Music Man. Yeah, it was. And Megan, I think Megan um, ran was running sound. Or, and it was so nice and refreshing up there. I, I'm still, some people are still mad at me. Like, oh, I can't believe he took that. What? Oh, whatever. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, well, now everybody just be quiet in the booth. That was yeah. that was why the glass was there. Yeah, but also that was that was part of the problem was because I remember my first show up there. I think it was Boys Next Door, and it was Brennan and I. And after the first rehearsal, you guys were like, "Look, like I'm, I'm glad you're having a good time up there." But you, I, we heard every word you said. It was not even slightly soundproof. He, no, like, oh no, yeah, it's not. no, it isn't. Oh. No, and you hear the candy wrap and the, you know. 
uh, is, but, but it was, you, and, and so we say, well, we can't hear, well, in the booth, we can't hear. We can't hear what the actors are doing, so how can we adjust the mics? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, there's a special uh, speaker. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, all right. So I just, <laughs> I didn't sledgehammer it out. I took it out <laughs> gently. And then, uh, and, and it's, well, you kind of live with yeah, the noise in the booth, but I think you get a better sound. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just about self-control of who's up there. Just don't make noise. Right. Well, I, lo- I love um, – I forgot what show this was. It might have been Night of the Living Dead. I think it was because I was on stage dead, just a limp corpse, and something went wrong. And I, I hear – because I know you so well, obviously, and I hear your, your comments from down below. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm my dead corpse is like moving up and down because I'm laughing so hard. And I don't know if anyone else heard it or – knows you well enough to to know what was happening but i was laughing so hard do you remember what he said no thank you yeah not, <laughs> i don't i yeah i don't want to say it. but um it was i i laugh every time and then you can tell when when somebody's mad because they'll press the button really hard or put the button up hard oh yeah and you can hear that from stage yeah like maybe i just listen for it because i'm insane about noises like people still do that Oh, yeah. Well, now, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been with the glass there or the glass not there. And if somebody gets flustered up there, you can hear them pushing the, the lever up. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> get, get a little easier on that. Yeah. Or lightning. You always hear lightning. If somebody presses hard, you'll hear the... Oh, the bouncing. Yeah, the bouncing yeah, yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. hear that from stage. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that. I have to listen. I'm just I'm insane. You, you know I'm just insane. For. Well, because like in, in chewing and stuff, so like every sound that happens, I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm there. I'm I'm hearing it all. <laughs> I'm like a bat. Mm. All right, I have a a crazy crazy question. <laughs> what is your favorite show oh that you've God. written? Okay. How are these Not to favorite be? show ever, but favorite show that you've written. Um. I, you know, yeah, I'm supposed to say, oh, I don't have favorites. I, I mean, to a certain extent, you you don't. There's some I. Um, All through the night was my first play, and I went through a whole period when I couldn't stand it. Yeah, and I rewrote it, but um, people like it, and it's very Christmassy, and and um, being my very first play, it has a special place in my heart. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's the truth. <laughs> And for a few years there, they went, oh, let's do Arthur. And I said, no, I hate it. I won't. I won't. And then they kept at me, um, the, you know, our company. And uh, I said, only if you let me rewrite it. And I mean rewrite it. And then, uh, you know, because I can't abide it. And so I, it's funny to say, like you had mentioned a couple episodes ago. It's like, yeah, it's his first play, but he worked 20 years on it. And that's exactly it. I went back and I look at the first, oh, I can't abide. I can't even look at the first one. And. I went and every year, and we're still every time we come back, we tweak something. The yeah. very first thing we do now at the read through because the, the publisher was tired of, you know, re, revising it. The very first thing we do, okay, get your pens. We're crossing out the following things, and it's always the same. Now I'm finally able just to walk away from that. So that's special to me, mostly because I feel like um, that one noodles, of course, noodles. Oh, I think is my most um, uh, personal. Believe it or not, that's a silly story, but it really, you know, when you reveal something about yourself and people are laughing like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh, it's what I knew all along. And, um, and of course, the Lion Bernice um, series is gratifying because um, 
it's hard. They're hard to write. And when I, it's successful to get a laugh a minute, you know, and to be able to have the perfect blend of, of two amazing actresses and a non-Polish person writing this. <laughs> right. Um, and to be so successful. How do you not like that? Yeah. How do you not have a sense of, and I hear them in my head. I get them. I'm. They live inside my head. Those two characters, and um, so they're. You know, uh, I'm so. And other and and other one. I mean, again, I. You know, I. I feel like if, oh, he didn't say the one I was in, or he didn't say, and and I don't mean to be that way. And uh, the of course the scary ones is where I live. That that I mean. Yeah. A night of dark intent. I love that. I love deep end of the dark. I love that's where my heart is. The scary stuff, but people like the. Christmas, they like the funny, they like the ha-ha, and that's great. It's, it's not my true heart is a, is a dark, black heart <laughs> of horror and mystery, yeah. and it's all, it's who I, you know. So, long story short, I guess I didn't answer, but um, those are the ones, you know, that I mentioned that I kind of like. Yeah. No, I have, I have a couple of takeaways from that. So, for All Through the Night, I mean, it's just my favorite play ever, ever, and just ever. I, I, Every time I'm I so see it, I'm so surprised that that's your favorite ever. Because it's just the the emotion that that it's perfect. It's it's perfect, and every time you see it, you're moved. I had a teacher come and see it. Uh, I don't know, six years ago now, and he afterwards he just like he's like that's one of like the best things I've I've done in my life. He's like it's having children and then coming to see this show. <laughs> what? He's like he's like people. He's we like, got to put that on the poster yeah. next time. Having children and then seeing the <laughs> He's like, you guys need to do this every year because it's important to see. And I, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever because I, I, I felt that. And everyone who sees it's like a unanimous thing. Everyone who comes and sees it is like, wow, that, it just blows and, me away. And it's so gratifying because, you know, you come up with a concept. Concepts are easy. You know, concepts are – but you have to deliver on them. And that's what took the 20 years. Oh yeah. Whatever that's... came to my head, I couldn't – I was not equal to it. So the inspiration, that's, a lot of times as a playwright, I feel like, like, okay, here's this boob trying to interpret what came to me. Yeah. You know, inspiration, whatever. And, and I'm seeing it in my head, and I'm trying to, and it took all those many years. And when my frustration and when I didn't want to do it anymore was because I wanted to yell at people, like, if you could only see it in my head, and I'm not, I can't, I don't know how to make that happen. And so the most frustrating thing ever. And so though now that it's kind of leveled out and people are responding to it and, and sort of having close to the uh, experience I had when it first all came to me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that is cool. It's very Twilight zone which I love, and very a twist ending, which is great for Christmas. You know, like, yeah. ah, surprise. You don't know anything that's going on. This is all, <laughs> we're going to set you right on your head. Uh, all those elements were there, but not, not on the page. Not on the page. <laughs> and so how do you do that? Well, that took 20 years. And so I, I flip when I say, oh, my first play. Well, sometimes if I get mad, someone's like, well, and I go, and I go, my first play was all through the night. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> and it's, uh, I, 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 what a hypocrite because it took me 20 years to write it. But technically, it's my first play. Yeah. And, oh. I, I relate to that. I, I feel like I'm a concept queen, and the delivery always takes me forever. Uh, d- oh, my gosh. That's the torment. Mm-hmm. Tormented writers. A, yep. Yeah. I was just going to say, just writers in general. It's like yep. they love writing, but like the process is so... Translating that to the yeah. page. And, and it's in my head. It's a climb in my head. 
You'll yeah. enjoy, you'll like it much better in my yeah. head. And and it, I feel it as a failing, mm-hmm. a personal fa- that you try and you struggle so hard to share that experience and get it as close as possible to what wherever it came from. Intuition, inspiration. Where does it come from? We nobody knows. It's a gift and it shows up like don't wreck it. Don't wreck it. <laughs> That's my motto. I get something and say, okay, for, for don't you know. And you got to know when to leave it alone, when do I, and you never, I'm never comfortable with that. I'll never, as long as I live, I'll never be comfortable with that. You just kind of muck through it and try. How many things have you started to write and you let them go? A lot. I have a, I have a whole file. I have a whole, bu- because, you know, writing, uh, the ideas uh, grow in my head like mold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as you don't want it up there, like, ah, <laughs> and there's some that, for example, the Lizzie Borden show, I was haunted by that, haunted. And it was a horrible, horrible. And with great actors, great performers all the way around, everything. That's not it. It was um, horrible. I was, I was uh, obsessed to the point of I couldn't sleep, I couldn't, and it just haunted me. So I'm like, get it on the page. So I threw it at the audience just to get it out of my head. And uh, I did the whole courtrooms. I did the whole courtroom scene up there uh, Carol and Joanne had to memorize the whole because I'm trying to get to the audience if you look at these facts and I was totally totally um, when that happens sometimes you just have to and so it's not pleasant experience and there's a ton of stuff that I haven't been able to deliver on and that's my failing and it's just sitting there I don't know um, well, I had this idea to write uh, the bottom of my desk the, what was left at the bottom of my desk drawer and just put it all together and say, now you have to sit through this. <laughs> all the things I was not equal to, to bring in a ton. And I save it all. I don't know why. Some things like uh, A Night of Dark Intent was something I had thrown on the scrap heap. And then when the women in the theater said, you did a all men's project, a child's play, you owe us one. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'll have it ready for next fall. And then I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do? Well, I went back to that one I had rejected, changed all the parts to it, and it took off on its own, had a life of its own. I have never had that happen in my life. I had had the core idea of the murder mystery, you know, but with the men in there, it didn't just, and then all women, it wrote itself. So I am, that's my most done internationally, you know. Nine countries for that play. Nine countries. Nine. Yeah. I thought it was eight countries. Well, I count ours. I count ours. USA. (laughs) USA. So that was a trivia question last night. Yes. It's eight countries plus us, but we're a country. (laughs) And um, yikes. And so that what and and Mm -hmm. wrote it in tribute to um, Agatha Christie, of course. So it was Ladies' Night all the way around, and so that's just a. You know, you throw it away, but you don't throw it away. You hang on to it. And that's probably one of a lot of people, oh, that's your best work. Like, okay, I, I pulled it out of the garbage, so I'm glad you like it. And <laughs> I don't. I have other things that hopefully someday either I can use or just, you know, they go out. Yeah, I feel like I have so many. I, I haven't written any plays, but um, I, I tend to write more poetry and um, like personal narratives. So I, w- I would love to write a play someday or a script, movie script. But um, where was I going with this? I have so many that I've – they just sit there. Yep, and they yep. and I have so many like 
notebooks and pads of paper and random sheets that are just thrown about and I'm like I, I have so many ideas and you just they don't always come to fruition you know for me well, I have to be painted in a corner like like when I tell the ladies oh I'll write something I'll, I'll tear one off I'm the, I was panic like what am I going to do they deserve the best I had a year I had a year to come up with something and um, when I do best when I'm painting in the corner, like Little Women, which which is the most done locally, I I wrote I adapted Little Women in a three day weekend because I'm cheap. I'm cheap. That's why I write for the company. I don't. There's no royalties for me. And the 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 the, the publishers are getting so greedy. So you're greedy. So greedy <laughs> that I I write it. It's free. So I I I'm not paying all this money for crappy crappy Little Women. I'll write my own. Mm-hmm. And I hung it up on the thing, and about three chapters in, I fell in love with it. Three chapters, I thought, oh, this, this girly thing, well, okay, whatever. Oh, I saw what she was doing. I had so much respect for her. And then I, and I say three days. We did a little tinkering, but I nonstop. At that, and 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 now it's it's it. High schools all over the country do my version of Little Women. Thank you, um, and I love it, and I love her writing. And again, painted into a corner, and not having the money to pay for royalties for something we wouldn't like. And uh, uh, paint yourself into a corner, Alex. Get yourself on a ledge. Tell somebody you'll have something by such and such. You better. And something about the survival, or you know kicks in and I whether it's the adrenaline or the fear just like oh sometimes it's sometimes it's not of course you're like ah yeah this this nothing mm-hmm. I just wasted my time and your time I apologize <laughs> uh, but other times it's uh, uh, that fear you kicks it into gear and something mm-hmm. primitive and you're coming out and hey this ain't this ain't half bad <laughs> yeah so I don't know try it we'll yeah. paint you in a corner let's paint Alex in well, a corner I, I yeah. think a deadline is also um necessary yes because if you don't have one then it's just you can take I, your time yes. and, and you don't really sit down and you have so many obligations in life correct that they tend to take over and it's easy to justify that mm-hmm. like, you, it, well, like you go home and you're like okay i have to write this but then you start cleaning the house you're yes like, i have to clean the entire house or you're tired after all day and say it's mm-hmm. not going to be my best work it's yeah. like mm. You know, we yeah. well, there's a million excuses, just mm-hmm. a million, and and uh, sometimes the, the best I come up, I force myself. I have to force, sit down, turn on the computer, just do it, mm-hmm. and I'll start blah blah blah, and then you know something kicks in. I don't know what it is. All writers talk about that, <laughs> and it kicks in. It writes itself, and you wait on. There's other days it doesn't happen. You know, and it's miserable. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I force myself and say, you know, come on. And I'm miserable, and then you get you get lost in it. You know, you get lost in it. And how many drafts do you usually go through before you know that you have a final? Uh, when I when I read through it and I read through it a million times, it's when I'm f- just looking at punctuation. Then I know I'm done. Like I'm not going to read this again. And look for commas. Mm-hmm. And I like to rewrite, so I get down just junk. Fill up thir- sixty pages. Blah 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 blah. And then go back and fix it. Go back, oh, what boob wrote this? I got to fix it. I like to fix it. I love to edit. So I'll edit. Oh my God. Edit, I edit. love editing. Yes. Sometimes yes. I'm like, maybe I, so other people need to write something and I will edit it for them. Yes. Well, we'll try that. Let me, I'll come up with something. Because I edit, edit I write it down and say, I don't know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what, who put this down here? Someone 
typing on my computer. And I'll come back and fix it. And I love that. I love that too. And I keep doing it because, you know, when do you walk away and say, oh, it's ready for read through? It's when I go through it and I can't fix no more. That's good grammar. And um, <laughs> I'm just looking at puncture. Or, you know what I hate? And I hate, DJ knows what I'm going to say. When you sit down, I write a play from my soul. And some boob, yeah, I know boob <laughs> at the table says, oh, this word is misspelled. <laughs> I hate you for saying that. You're an idiot. I wrote a play. I'll, I'll hire someone to do the punctuation. Yeah. And DJ knows who it is. Yeah. And you know who you are. I ha- like, I wrote the play. Don't you dare. Uh, actually, this word is spelled. Actually, you're out of the play. So, so how does that? How do you spell that? How do you spell "get out of my, this room"? So, the, the, the little details like that mm-hmm. just just will bring out the freak in me. Just saying, yeah. But I wrote the play, yeah. so we used to. I always used to say, people would tell me we'd go out for the night. I don't do it no more. I'm not as cynical. We'd be working, and, and someone would tell me about it. I go, I wrote it. Dab and Joanne still said they go wrote it. <laughs> how how sarcastic can you be? And that was just when I had done when people tell me what it's about. You know, you get an actor up here. Well, actually, the characters. I don't care what you're going to tell me what that character's feeling. Right. I'll tell you because I wrote it. So it, we used to joke about that. And no matter what I would, then at some point that one of those two or or Jesse would say the rehearsal, so he'd go wrote it. Wrote it. I go, all right. <laughs> well, there's a, another thing that I know you hate is you write this whole script, and the way you write is, is like you see it in Frankenstein, you see it in, in all the comedies you write. It's very specific. Like you have to say this. It's like a setup for everything, even if it's not a comedy. It's it's how you were saying the one day. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F. Like it, it, it has to follow this formula so when people take the lines and start saying their own stuff nothing that's even close to the page is like oh okay well do you mind when people take what is on the page or they they do it whatever they come up with is close to what you said they don't mean to um reward it it just kind of happens in the moment i guess um, like to something that sounds maybe more natural to them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm leaving now. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. Uh, no, this is the thing. You know, and uh, when you could tell when it, someone's struggling with a line, they just mix it up, whatever. And say, so, oh, no, because you know, I'm an actor too. That happens. And lines I don't care about. I don't, okay, there's a few. I, I, okay. But there's some performers who you're going to rewrite every line. Like, no, I, no, this is the line. I always used to joke that uh, verbatim is Latin for the playwright is directing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and sometimes a scene isn't work. It's like, try the line written. I don't know. Just, why don't you do that? Um, sometimes I agonize over lines. All night long I can't sleep, but I take a walk. The line is this, boom, boom, boom. Like, for example, I said about this line the other day, the part that I wanted to play that DJ didn't give me. <laughs> um, in Frankenstein, one of my favorite lines, two words, three syllables, changes hi- human history. When uh, little Victor Frankenstein in college tells his teacher uh, after, you know, the dead mouse comes to life and he said, are you sure it's dad? And he says, oh, oh yeah, it's, well, dad, I know dad. Uh, dad is dad. And Dr. Waldman looks at him and says, not anymore. 
That's perfect. That's all we need. We don't need five chapters of going on. Who Nobody cares how it happened. Right. Victor meets the first professor, and within 30 seconds, we know. We've got the elixir. That's how. Now what are you going to do with it? Because nobody went, oh, okay, those lab scenes, you know, kill me. But the, and and Chris always still. I mean, both actors were played the part and didn't never get that gravity of. Okay, you understand if this is true, it changes human history. Dad is dad, not anymore. Well, what happened? Well, you're about to find out. Sit back and here here goes Frankenstein, and lines like that where you agonize. You take five chapters and you distill it down to three syllables. You better damn well get it. Mm-hmm. I said a bad word. <laughs> you better get it. You better get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm saying, yeah. well, oh, not, no, that's not it. And so I joke about it because I want to distill it. I don't want, you don't want your actors feeling scared up there, like chalk eye, like, ah, oh, there's a crazy man out there. So I laugh about it. I never give something, but I'll say, so that's what I say at the beginning. I go, this is a line. It's, and, and in comedy, it is, it is math, which I'm not good at, but it's tech, it's, uh, the line goes, ba-bum, bum. That's it. There's no, there's no discussion. It's if you want the laugh, you'll do ba bum bum, set up laugh, set up laugh, and it's rhythm rhythm boom. I don't understand it. I just instinctively know it. And um, Deb and Joanne can tell you better than anyone because they're so good at it. And they'll come back and they'll go, "It was our fault. We we screwed the lineup." And I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> uh, but it's a formula, and right. they know it, and they go out and they they nail it time after time, after time, and it's so gratifying to say thank you. What's well, respectful too? Like I didn't just, you know, you, you go some lines you don't care. Some someone will come like, you know, you know, they're butchering that line. Like I hate that line. I don't care. I don't care what <laughs> oh, okay. that. I don't care. There's some some you don't. I don't. Whatever. Some lines are just I'm going to the store. Okay, go. It's a connection. You got great right. here. You got great here, and then you got the bridge. Which, that, those are the part I don't care about. Okay, I, I'm going, I don't know. But the ones that I do care about, the, the milestones, the, the real ones that you want the audience ringing in their head. For example, not to give anything away, um, um, I'd like to talk to her. What did you say? Um, I, I, uh, on the phone. And the one say, um, Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. um, it, uh, I'd like... Um, I'd like to talk. What did you say? I'd like to talk to him. Hitchcock moment. Yeah. One, three letters. Right. That's why they repeat it. Because in case someone coughed, can you imagine some boob coughing oh, right now? <laughs> like the eyes missed the whole show. The whole show comes down to one three letter word. Yeah. So he goes, repeat again. Yeah. And then he, I want to talk to him. And the whole play changes on that moment. And, yes. and it was built to do that. So sometimes it really, really matters, and sometimes it don't. And and I'm not going to be a jerk about the things that don't matter, you know. And, and the actors who are struggling say, "Get this. Make sure you get this line. Make sure you yeah. get this because this is this is the whole play <laughs> in yeah. one sentence." Yeah. No, there is some really great, really like heavy lines throughout everything. It, it I love um, in all the adaptations. You can you can usually pick out like what's What's your line? And uh, like Tom Sawyer, we read one from Tom Sawyer the other day, and it's just so heavy. And I couldn't even I, – I don't remember saying it. I couldn't even imagine saying it now. Uh, I, I can't remember the line. But the, yeah, the last episode, I was like, wow, that's just a fantastic I, I, Was that when um, Tom and Becky were dying in the case? Because yes. it took me a minute to think, what now? 
Yeah. What? And I go, oh, that was when they're, yeah, yeah, trying right. to remember that. Well, that's huge. I mean, these kids are dying. They're, they're, they're lost and they're dying in the cave. I remember that. And then Tom's, you know, optimism comes to, yeah, and that's a way to deliver. Because when you first said it, go, that's just a, that's not a good line. And then you remember the circumstances when he just says, I won't let you give up. Yeah. Like, well, if you're saying that at the, you know, if they're playing basketball, but if you right. say that when you're both dying, yeah. lost and deep in a Missouri cave, then I remember, yeah, that's all you want to do. Yeah. You could get up and do a big Hamlet speech. Right. Yeah. Go, yeah okay. We know they're going to get out. We've yeah. read the book. Yeah. But for him to just say, no, no. Yeah. I can't, I didn't remember at the t- I mean, I knew all, I got to tell you, I'm not bragging. I knew all the quotes <laughs> that Carla came up with. Even the, um, your one beauty. Which she did read. When at the read though, she said, "I can't even do it wrong. I can't even. I can't even do it wrong." Um, You're one beauty. You're one beauty. Whatever it was, but it was fun. I enjoyed that episode last week, and um, a lot of people did. They came up to me and said, "Oh, good." Yeah, I'm yelling out the answers. And I'm like, no, it's that. I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys that. came close in the score. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, we it were very a close. close game. Yeah. yeah. I just I couldn't remember Norman. Had I remembered Norman, I would be. Had I remembered um, whatever it is, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> Nat said that's the only one that she knew. I would have. Oh, uh, I think yeah. I would have tied you. Yeah. Well, I yeah. So I heard from from you, Jesse. Um, my mom and uh, and Julie, and that you guys all said, yeah, we didn't miss one, wow. which I expected. I expected. Um, I I missed. <laughs> what did I miss? I missed two. I didn't know the Curious Savage one that was yours. Yeah, and I didn't know. Um, I didn't know the Little Women one until we had more more detail on that. I haven't even read Little Women, so I didn't know that one, which is a shock. I should have read yeah. that by now. Yeah. Well, it's, it, well it's, I think its its reputation it uh, doesn't live up to the actual experience mm. of sitting down and and how she wrote so modern and so just wonderful just just these these uh, during the Civil War and they're left high and dry. Mom and folk, what are you going to do? Well, like all the other women, carried on. And just heroic, just wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, not, you know, you think they're, oh, they're having the vapors and waving handkerchiefs around. Not at all. Not, it was like roll up their sleeve and survive. Survive a nation being torn in part and with no men in the picture. And the dad, who I don't like how he, well, he, he was a chaplain and he, he went to serve. That's great. Left his family. He was out of the picture. And I get that. Part of me still like, hmm, dad. And then he in the book he comes home like, ah, the hero. The hero. Yeah. You abandon your family. Now, don't tell me you can't come home sometimes. So she kind of wrote him out. So I think she was saying something. Make some comment. I, so we wrote him right out. He, wasn't there. he didn't come home. Went, Stay yeah. there. Stay there and do whatever you're doing over there. And these women. And when you get that, when I, I took the top of my head off, I just, I thought, I have misunderstood this book my entire, because I've never read the darn thing. <laughs> and once you read it, you're like, oh, man. And, um, yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, read it. Read it, won't I you? <laughs> yes. I will. It'll be my That's next your book. assignment for next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give a report on next week's <laughs> podcast. I, I love Little Women. I love what you did with it. That's I, I love all your adaptations. I, I well, really, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
and I, I you can see the evolution of them, which is is really cool. And like I never understood when I was when I was younger, but like when we did um, Dracula, however many years ago now, twenty twenty, I think that was um, how it was. It was longer, and there, there's more words, and it's just a, a a pretty hefty script. And I love it. I love the adaptation of that. And then we went to to something like Frankenstein, where you just use like minimal words, and it's everything is shown, but like. You bring that whole book, that thick, thick Frankenstein book, into to one script with with minimal dialogue, and every line uh, has. If you do something like that, every line has to be perfect and profound, and and every line was. Well, I know you know that story. The the my guiding light was graphic novel. Yeah, I had I had read some, and I thought this is great. If the speech can't fit in a little balloon above the drawing, let's not have it. So that was my guideline through the whole thing, and I thought. Okay, it, it was again painting myself into a corner, and and was happy with the result. Yeah, to come out come out with something that's a little stilted, like action movies are. You know, that's not known for big speeches, and um, I liked it. And I think, I think artists move towards minimalism throughout their career. I mean, I could see myself at one having a, a play with no words, just visuals, just yeah. just tell us, let you know, let it fold out. Without I love a, that. I'm all for that. Yeah, without yeah, a lot of blah, cool. blah, blah, and just um, share experiences with human beings up there and human beings watching. Um, I suppose they call that dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, I, but there's like movies like that where it's very minimal exactly. dialogue. And, and those say, are great. Yeah, you say there's not a word, this whole scene. Now, we've done moments of that. Where we'll say, okay, no, no, there's no, there's not a single word. Now let's tell it. And I love that. I thought, you know, it's 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 a whole new way of experiencing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that too. And w- with the post show too, you you did, you did that, but you also did that with with the set. And that's the first time I can remember it being uh, used, I guess, and and being that effective. Was was with that set and the red lights and the 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 screens and every every scene you would just bring one thing out, which I tried to emulate with with Frankenstein because I, I loved that idea. I thought that was the coolest thing. Well, you, I think what we've come to it, um, the philosophy for Ghost Light is for setting. Set, our sets are sculpture, not paintings. You know, the old days you stood in front of a backdrop. You have an actor standing in front of a backdrop, acting, and we have the space to move through. Actors move through scenery. Now you got sculpture. Now it's 3D, and um, that's compelling. How do you relate to your environment? And if you're just bringing, and that's why I don't like this new technology. Put up a slideshow, like so. Now you've got actors staying in front of a movie, right? Basically, so you're not in the room. You're not in. A, so I love our sensibility. It, we came to it thinking of it like a game board. We all love those game boards that are built up. So if we think of a set like a game board, and then more sculptural. The actors need to move through it, not just stand in front of it and then bring down another um, picture, you know, another... Yeah. And they stand in front of that and there's no relationship to the environment. And um, I think Ghostlight does a good job with that. Yeah. Um, And moving parts of a sculpture and then actors in in all around it, you know, and uh, I like that. I think that's... Me too. Yeah. Me too. And it's like movies too. How, how every movie nowadays is is guys in green onesies running around in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. 
you feel the disconnect and and so I love that we we do that and and have like this door will actually open and lead to something it's not just a painted door it's not <laughs> yeah. Like there, there is definitely a disconnect when you can't move through your environment like that. Yes, and then the, the audience is lo- is being cheated. Of, yeah. of of if you're supposed to have a cave, oh, we have a cave. Build a cave. Have whatever is required um, to put the audience as close as possible to that experience. You know? Yeah. And like, um, uh, what was that one? Uh, Deep end of the dark. Oh yeah. We created an entire island. On the stage, and and um, people still talk about that. They say, "Oh, it's like I couldn't believe that set," and um, it was just broken tree limbs, and it was amazing. It, you know, it, it was, was amazing. It well, was, now I feel like theaters are um, starting to move more. Like professional theaters are starting to move towards screens, yes. having screens yeah. on yes. the stage, yes. which is bizarre to me. It's bizarre to me too. But it's 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 you're going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you, you're you essentially standing in front of something, saying lines. You're not in a situation. Mm-hmm. You're adjacent to a situation. Right. And it's phony, baloney. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, yeah, they ain't, <laughs> they ain't us. <laughs> you know, that, well, you know, every, oh, Shays, 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 oh, whatever, Shays. You know, a tired truck and bus tours come in. They got a million dollars. You're sitting two miles from the action. and say, oh, you know, and some, t- some of our people come in and they'll say, oh, I saw it, Shays. I, I can't remember the last time I was there. Um, it's fine, whatever, support your theater. But um, they d- d- it doesn't do a thing for me. doesn't do a darn thing for me. Um, and, uh, we, we, I want our audience close. I want them close enough that we can spit on them if we need to and connect with them and not these, and people say, well, you probably wish that you worked at Shays. No, I would die first. (laughs) Um, that, that big, those big extravaganzas from New York city. Thank you all the same. They don't interest me at all. Um, just tired and so yeah, there's certain you know clientele that that's oh we go, uh, do you go there and that's you you go dream away sitting in those three with three thousand other people good good mm-hmm. enjoy yourself um it's not the theater i'm interested in it's not what i want to be about um i don't think that's an effective way to connect with people um so you know there you have it well i like what dan torres was saying where where he has gotten paid and he's gone and done the the paid gigs, but he said he loves to come back here because it's like you're surrounded by people who aren't getting paid, who are just volunteering and just like are truly interested in it. Like it's no longer it's not, it's not a job. Yeah. It, it could be an inconvenience if you don't like it. Like all right, I'm here three nights a week. I'm I'm not sleeping. I have to memorize these lines. So the people that are in it are in it, and I think that's the coolest part of it is is that these people want to be here more than anything where I, I i would feel eventually with any job i mean you're just okay this is my 40th showing of this mm-hmm. like gotta get that paycheck gotta get <laughs> gotta get paid and like yeah. i i've obviously never felt that because we're we want to be there we're, we're well it's the difference of doing something for love or money yeah and you know what they call that no no <laughs> um but when you love something and you want to make art which we do, you know, we're not doing the stuff that everybody else is doing. You know, we're not doing Neil Simon for the hundredth time. We've never done Neil Simon. Oh, we've done one. We did one, his, his take on Chekhov, Anton Chekhov. He adapted some Chekhov short stories, The Good Doctor. 
And that to me is always funny. That's his best, I think. But I mean, the community theater fair that, that people do, you know, oh, when are you going to do Tony and Tina's wedding? Never, <laughs> ever while I'm alive. There's shows like, no, never. Let's go do, there's other community theaters that do, you know, piffle like that. Go there. But we want to do, we want to create something new. We want to create something substantial. We want to create something that everybody ensemble participates with and something like our butterflies that we just did with the kids. I love that. No one else is, no one else Mm -hmm. is doing that. No one else could do that. So some, yeah, my back goes up, you know, when you're the kind of spokesman for an organization or or the, whatever you want to call it, you do get very, very defensive. And I, I, sometimes I feel like I am the last line in the sand and say, yeah, no, don't, don't ever, ever um, say something about our company because um, I know who we are and I know what else is out there. And um, to have audiences react to that, to have audiences come in and say, I've got rid of my uh, subscription to this place or this place. I won't, I won't mention the names, but we hear that because they were charging us tons of money and we get, we feel more when we come here. Like, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The highest compliment. Yeah. Because we're trying to reach out. We want to connect, you know, and we are the real deal. And um, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of all of us yeah. and, and all that we do. And, I, th- you know, nothing wrong with saying, yeah, we, yeah we're awesome. Yeah. And, and, and not, in a, you know, braggadocious. It would be braggadocious if it wasn't true. But we all work so hard, every single person over there. And even the new people are welcome. They come in. Here we sit. We have all these new people. And they're like, yeah. You know, they're, they're gung-ho. It's just so refreshing. You get, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, give ourselves a plug. Yeah. Yay. We are awesome. Well, it's funny because uh, when I started with The Curious Savage, um, my when my parents came to see that and then I think A Night of Dark Intent, they they were saying, wow, these shows are better than what I've seen at – Shays or uh, downtown theater district. Well, thank you. Well, see, but and they yeah. mean that. Why yeah. would they would? They, and why was well, that? You know, the shocking things that you see how hard we work and everything we do in our rehearsals for the audience. How many times do we say, "What are they going to see? What are they going to hear?" It's not actor indulgent, like Shakespeare. I am going to speak in a funny voice for the next four hours, um, and like Shakespeare in the in, in the park. Which God bless them all. But you go. That's what it's for. It's for the actors, not for the audience. Right. You guys having a picnic? They're sleeping. They're 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 on the hill doing whatever. Um, <laughs> there's an actor indulgent theater, uh, which people do for the actors, and we're not that way. What is the audience? What's going to happen to the audience when they come in here and sit down? And we craft it all out from the moment they the, the first lights go. Out. We try. We're not. We're not. You know, and 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 we want to share what we're excited about. We have a story. We want to share it with you, and we're going to do whatever it takes to share it with you. Um, and 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 that philosophy, I think, is lost. Everything else is the end justifies the mean. Whatever the product, the end product must be. No, what I learned at UB when I went there for my masters was. If you are honest with the process, faithful to the process, you'll have a product at the end. But those places that say, no matter what it takes, we'll have a good product at the end. No, that's backwards. Right. Uh, it will come naturally if you respect the process. Let everybody participate. Don't be jerks. Don't scream. Don't, you know, we kid about it. You know, we kid about it. And, and then when the audience says, something special is going on here, you're darn tootin' there is, and we want to share it with you. Right. But that special started at the read-through. 
We can't fake it. We can't all be jerks and then say, okay, companies here, people, let's put on a show. And I think a lot of groups get into that mentality. And you see kind of this fakey kind of slick product. I'm like, okay, I see right through it. I see right there. There's, nobody's feeling any of that. And you can tell if the cast can't stand each other or if the yeah, ca- yeah. cast can't stand the front of the house. It reeks. Mm-hmm. It reeks. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of my gripe, kind of what, what you were saying before, my gripe with um, Our Wilderness, is that it didn't, it didn't feel like us. No. That's not what we do. No. We, we do the, the, the spooky and we, we – yep. like, I feel like every time we, we do a show that we, we all love and we're all like, interested in, which is most of the time, and like, we all go backstage like, yeah, like, we, we got them. Like, everything we do is, is, is for the audience and, and trying to get a reaction, trying mm-hmm. to, to get something. And so like, we're, we're a team working together back there. And, and so that's – like it wasn't anyone in it, or or the story itself is whatever, but it's just not not us. Well, it's a, and would we choose the class, the stage classics like that? Um, it's for all the wrong reasons, you know. It's for uh, flexing our muscles. Say, oh, we could do that. We've done um, Eugene O'Neill. We've mm-hmm. done Tennessee Williams. We've done Lillian Hellman. We've done um, Noel Coward. We've done Oscar Wilde. We've done. We can do those. And every now and then, and I know I shouldn't. Now, I'll need you guys to talk me down when I do it. You get to a point where they think, well, you guys are just whatever. You're a little community. It's like, okay. And then we knock one out, um, like Glass Menagerie, which I thought our Glass Menagerie was, was brilliant. And like, they're there. Well, of course, nobody comes to see it, so nobody knows. So it's, so it's foolish. And uh, just say, yeah, can we do those? Picnic by William Inga. Yeah, yeah, we could do those. They're not audience pleasers. They're kind of actor indulgent. And it is for kind of street crowd. It's like, yeah, we've proved it. Okay, we've proved it. We're not comfortable doing those, but can we do them? Of course. Are actors less than anybody else? No. And um, no, so you're right. Those, Those, when we venture out there for all the wrong reasons, and then we get the lukewarm reaction like, meh, meh. (laughs) <laughs> from the actors and the audience saying, I could see that anywhere. And they're, tr- they're right. They could go see that anywhere and be bored. And um, uh, you hit it on, yeah, you hit the head, uh, uh, the nail right on the head. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you made, uh, you made a Here Reset reference in there, so I want to talk about that a little bit. What, could you first explain what Here Reset is for, for the people who, who don't know? Here we sit is a, t- is a look at the audience. We take a look at the audience um, from our whole careers in, in the theater, things that have happened to us. What is that relationship like, actor-audience? These people come, they sit in the dark, and they watch us. What? It's weird and funny, and we all do it. So when we started writing, started telling the stories over the years, most of these stories really happen. Most of these stories are either things we want to do or actually happened. I was telling Alex that some of her complaints, I go, they're all real complaints. These are complaints we got at the box office. Some of these silly things she says. It's like, yeah, no, we heard it. Uh, and um, so it started out maybe like biting the hand that feeds us, and it didn't end up that way because the audience is just hoot. This is our third time doing it now. And it's so silly. Of course, everybody in the audience thinks you're talking about someone else. <laughs> right. I say, oh, you know, they're not talking about me because I never do that. And I think at the end of the day, we're harder on the actors and the directors and the theater people. Right. So right. we poke fun at ourselves even more. And not in a mean-spirited way. There's 12 sketches, fast-moving sketches, 
about things that happen, and a couple of them are tender, nice moments, are things that maybe the audience doesn't think about. Those same seats you're sitting at, we conduct auditions at. So directors and actors look at an empty house a lot different than an audience does. And so when we, we show them what else we use, the, the, I think that's enlightening. And some are just for belly laughs, just silly, silly, aren't we silly people? We come together, we watch a show, uh, we do highlight some bad behaviors, you know, the, some of the cliche stuff and some of the funny other stuff, you know, wrinkling the paper, being on your phone, all of those kind of things. So that's what Here We Sit is about, is about the theater-going experience from both ends, from the audience view and from the actor crew view, even the usher view. I think we have a lot of ushers in my favorite. I think my favorite, we close with, with my, with ushers, which, um, yeah, <laughs> you do not want to mess with these ushers. And it's so funny. What, what a world where these ushers would be allowed to operate. Well, I've said in the notes, I think I say, um, these are the ushers I wish we had. Um, <laughs> And they just terrorize the and, and I won't give any more away than that because we end with that one. And to me, that's in some ways the funniest one because it's so absurd. Yeah. So um, that's here we sit. A lot of um, laugh, laugh, laugh. Two tender-hearted pieces, which I think break up the the goofy, and I I love those. And I love how they're being done. And then the rest just just come and laugh, 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 laugh at, at how silly we all are in the theater and coming to the theater. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to to put this on because it's the first time we're going to do like the original version of this. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Where it's just it's just on on um, the 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 actors and the the audience and and those things. It's it's just focused in on on the true meaning of the show. So what, what was the what is the non original version? Uh, they have Lottie and Bernice in it. We put and, and oh, that's I thought that was the original version. No, well, here's what happened, and here's what ha- we um I I wrote here we sit, and then I panicked, thinking it's not funny. And I, what's funny is Lottie and Bernice. Now they had only done one show, Dance Macabre. They were only in ten minutes, but the audience that's all they talked about. And Lottie and Bernice were introduced in the thriller, the fall thriller, not a comedy. And people were crazy about them. So I thought, well, let's put them in. I. I Panic to put now the problem with then Lighting Benice became above the title. Those two actresses, the only ones in our 50 year history who are above the title and deservingly so. It's not their it's Lottie and Bernice in. Here's the problem we came back to it, and the Lighting Bernice fans felt cheated. They go, They're only in it, what 10 minutes? I'm like, well, yeah, we wrote it. This was their second show ever, and I threw them in now. They were, of course, they were funny, and they were, they're they're flawless. Their sense of their comedy is not the the, the comedy of here we sit. Right. I threw them in I, as a favor. I go, guys, please come do four scenes, four short scenes. They come, and they weren't even in the rest of the scenes with us because, okay, imagine imagine Lion Panis with those ushers. Right. No, they'd get up in time and knots. Yeah, right. The piece wouldn't work. So we, we, we ran into that problem right away. And they knew it, too. They go, we can't be in the other scenes. Like, no, yeah. you're. So we knew right then there was a con, contrast of, of acting styles. Now we've got these two hysterical actresses above the title. So me and DJ were talking last week, last year with them, when we were all doing um, Lottie and Bernice and Hal and Sal. And we talked about that, and they were saying, you know, we've never done two in a row. Um, the audience is going to be disappointed. And 
Uh, so we kind of all decide together. we we'll say, well, you know what? Then let's just play. DJ really wanted to play. I go, let's just play it original. And we'll give Lion Bernice a little vacation. They've worked so They've entertained us. What people don't get is they don't only entertain us in the plays. They entertain us at special events. They show up at our chicken sales. And they show up. And when they do, everything goes to the roof. Right. So we love our Lion Bernice. And... Um, we're not going to put him. We're not going to. The last time, oh, I got yelled at. I just got people on the phone. They were, oh, why didn't you put? I go, because that's the play. That's oh all they were. In. No, well, see, that's what happened. So we have to be sensitive to it. And so um, I look forward to the day when, when they're, all, you know, we're ready and come back to either a new P. I would write, if those two and uh, Jesse would say, write some more, I'd be writing, right. I wouldn't be here now. I'd be home. <laughs> right. I'd be typing. And they know that. I just have to say a word about Lion Bernice. My only problem with Lion Bernice is that people forget that Deb and Joanne are amazing powerhouse dramatic actresses. And they don't always let them do it. Deb, for example, in Bad Seed at the Riviera Theater, no performance fills that space. Hers did. She was, she's, her kid's a, a serial killer. And it, it was a psychological thriller. She was absolutely, no, we can't do that play again, ever, because no one can step into that. And for Joanna, well, you saw, you experienced her in, yeah. in, in Halloween Dreams. Well, Deb did the same thing 10 years ago and then 20 years ago. And then they both played Annie Sullivan in Miracle Worker. So that's my only problem. Is like we got to get them, the two of them back, our Betty Davis and Joan Crawford of The Ghost Light, in a thriller, in a head-to-head. Yeah, yeah. um, and, um, uh, and, and just remember... How, and so, or 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 uh, all through the night, the moment that people, when when the two sisters have their big fight, that it, that moment, like I have I have chills right now. Yeah, just I. And I, they created they created that, and so yeah. let's not forget. And and lastly, because I know I'm going on, but I think it has to be said because I don't want people confused. Like, what do you mean, Lottie and Bernice aren't in it? I'd put Lottie and Bernice in every show. Lottie and Bernice in Sweeney Todd. Right. We'd sell right. we'd sell twice as much tickets. Yeah. Um, their success as Lighting Bernice is not as comedian. Is that you, they're using all of their dramatic skills because Lighting Bernice are the two most joyless people on the planet, right. and that's what makes them funny. <laughs> their days never go well, and they they never crack a smile. They dig in and they carve out these characters who are really dramatic, tragic characters, and we laugh our butts off at them. Yeah. So um, let us not forget. Right. And I think that's something they carry too. That say, well, don't forget that there are two powerhouses up there in the dramas. And if we can get them back up there, you find a show, DJ. You find one, or I'll write one. Okay. And remind people, right? No, yeah. this this is this is what else they can do uh, that you've forgotten. So there, I plugged my Lottie and Bernice, <laughs> well, dear was, and dear and dear to my heart. I was thinking of them for a show that I talked about two seasons from now. I'll yes. Tell you after this, uh, well, we yeah no, and he we he had mentioned he said oh they I, I said the day and time they always know that the three of them oh, yeah, my yeah. other three cohorts um they they know oh they better know they say we're in write something and I'm writing I'm writing I wrote six because I wrote six I, we have a couple ideas we've talked about them we we have them I have them outlined and everything which I think would be really funny. So if you're listening, Lati and Bernice, you just say the word, and we're we're writing. 
that's awesome. Uh, but that the thing I think of them as as serious actors first. I don't yeah. go right away to, to comedy. Like, God, but I think the audience. Oh no! Might. Oh yeah, you the, know the, the audience. Oh, for sure, they'll yeah. kick. They'll 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 just bring the house down. And a drama, and on the way out, the audience goes, "Oh, we liked it, but it wasn't Lottie and Bernays." Oh like, God. okay, can you no. can you put that aside and let these two uh, do what they do, which right. is the whole gambit? And and I, sometimes I think maybe and Jesse too. I thought, remember me and Jesse and um, uh, boy, uh, the first Child's Play. I that's I told Jesse that that's my favorite role of his. He can bring it. He he he's one of my favorite acting partners. He can bring it. The funny and the serious. Think of a. I'll write something for the four of us. Not that we're better than anybody. Else. Okay, we are. No, I'm kidding. But but these old veterans, us four, four, write something to just remind people. So sometimes I see it in their eyes, like, oh, we're forgotten, or we're never. You know, they're they're the Mount Rushmore. They are. Yeah. And 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 so I don't ever want them ever 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 think that. And I will now that we've said I will write something. I will write something, but a thriller, not boring. Not our wilderness part two. Yeah. Well, I already have an idea, so I'll, I'll tell you about it. It'll be DJ's idea, but I'll get credit well, for it. It won't be <laughs> once once I tell you. you we'll know, give you script. We'll get you script credit on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I love them in in serious roles. Like I, I Joanne in the first Frankenstein. Um, Dab. I just, I never saw Bad Seed, but I loved loved every time she would give that speech and all through the night. Yes. Every time I, I saw it, it was just like, well. One thing oh. that elevated our Lillian Hellman, the children's hour, was was Deb and Joanne playing the the lead roles in that, and 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 Carol played the doctor. It's a small cast in a in a girls' boarding school, riveting, absolute, and t- tragic. Absol- it's about a lie. It's about a lie who destroys a little kid makes up a lie and it destroys these women's lives. And um, Lillian Hellman, the one Lillian Hellman we did, and they brought it, and they just. So gritty and real and heart wrenching, and not everybody has access to that kind of talent, you know. And I yeah. think that's another reason that the ghost light shines bright. We we have these people who give everything, give their soul when they're up there, right? You know. Well, yeah, and that's that's you too. Or you go ahead. No, I was just going to say I also see them as dramatic actors. More than I do. Good. Then maybe I'm the. I'm maybe, no, maybe no, it's I, my problem. No, because the audience. <laughs> I have a problem. No, I think it's just the audience. I don't. I. I don't think I've ever seen Debbie in anything since I've started. But um, Joanne, yeah, I. I feel like I saw her in something. Well, Joanne that. loves oh, the dreams. winter classics. Yeah. Joanne, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she, if she if she was available, she's in there. She, mm-hmm. her and Carol were every, like, We're in. I, well, one time they go. I don't care. We, uh, I said, well, we need uh, we need a butler and a maid in in uh, Hound of Baskervilles. So, like we're in, you know, they well, whatever. I, we just want to be in the Winter Classics, and um, so that's normally where she'll crop up. She'll make a point, and I think she would have been in Frankenstein. Um, I think something had come up. You know, she would audition. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and I, I just I love her. She's just very, very believable and likable on stage. And um, Deb, one of my favorite Deb parts is. Uh, in Birds at Stay when she was a grandmother. Yes. Just like, how do you play? I don't think, and that's another, like, I don't see anybody else playing that ever. Well, I wrote, I wrote it for her. I yeah. know what her talent, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a female Beetlejuice. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. And who else? Who yeah. else? And also then to get the the um, the heart at the end. Yes. Where, where you come to realize you're a figment in my imagination. Right. 
and then it makes sense. All the silly, all this like, and and then she fights him on that. No, you are. You're not. And, and he says, I know who you are now. I know, so I can banish you. But you know, and they come to an agreement, and they come to a who else. Right. Who and 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 so when you have, I don't almost never write for anyone, but that I, um, Violet and um, the grandma. I yeah, I admit it. I I fess up. It was uh, her image. I'm like, oh yeah, oh she yeah. can do that. She, and um and then for it to be successful is very gratifying. Right. I always knew she could do it, but could I write it? You know, could I provide the proper, you know, vehicle? Uh, and when it works like that. And there's another role that was very essential. She's dead. She's yeah. a dead grandma. Right. Funny as heck, but also very poignant. Yeah. When she's knocked off her thing and the, the little boy says, well, I know who you are. So just talk to me. Just talk to me. And all of a sudden, she has to let go of all of that. And they have this really honest conversation, which just kind of takes the top of your head off. And yeah. Who can do that? Like, mm, probably one person who yeah. did it. And she played it twice, the two times we played it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, growing growing up, I, I think was was realizing because every every time you guys were in something, it was always like, oh, well, I must be feeling this because they're my parents, and obviously I have this connection <laughs> to them. You. No, it's like that's when I was young, like that's what I thought, and then like as I'm growing, I'm like, wait, no, I don't care that they're my parents. I'm feeling for their character right now. Like I didn't have any like, I don't know, like emotional connection when you guys were up there, like like oh yeah, that's those are my parents up there. And then, like, realizing, like, oh, my God, they're just actually, like, that good. Like, I, I was feeling an emotional connection to their character. Like, you in the, the first Child's Play is – I mean, that was back in 2007. So, like, I I still remember that. And Rose and I upstairs, and we would hide our heads in the couch every time. And it was such an, an emotional moment when you you do your thing. Well, guess keep that not spoiled. <laughs> um, and, and that was such a, a cool thing. And, and Deb with her, her Violet speech all the time. I was like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm not feeling because they're my parents. I'm feeling because they're, like, giving it. They're all on stage and, like. Oh, well, thank you. That's that's lovely to hear. Thank yeah. you. That makes my day. <laughs> and and I, kind of, I figured it out because, like, everyone else was saying it. I'm like, wait, I feel that, too. And it's they're not your parents. So. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> right. So, like, yeah. So, you guys, I mean, I I I told um her. And I and I told you I, I'm stealing so much from both of you guys, and here we sit. Um, I I do a, a physical thing, and I'm, that's so, oh yeah, that's that's, defi- so that's definitely your mom. Yeah, up there. I tell Michael, you're, what, you're taking one for the team, but you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, I, I've said every, that for uh, how many years have I been saying that to one of the two of you? <laughs> like, oh, but it's worth you know, and they leap in the air and they mm-hmm. fly around, and yeah, yeah. So I want to I want to like still like keep doing that because I feel like that's cool, like. For her, like that's that's, and I love all of her physical stuff. And usually, she has some kind of broken bone in her body while she's doing it. Of course, <laughs> and, and sometimes it came from that. And it's like, well, yeah. you threw yourself off the. Well, yeah, but they laughed. Like, yeah, they <laughs> laughed, but now you're injured, you're crippled. <laughs> and I always had to get it the lazy way. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't want no bruises. So like, I, I think, no. how does a lady? I'll just sit here and figure another way to do it. No, every every face, every way i say a line is from from you i'm just completely ripping you off every no. way shape and form because like that's seeing every comedy from whenever i gained consciousness till now i i'm yeah i would always laugh at whatever you did and it's just even now like we'll pop some old ones in and just watch it like oh it's just we're gonna cringe at this because it's hard to rewatch. 
stuff back when you're not in the room. It's so different. And um, I, I laugh at you every time without fail. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> that yeah, that you makes my day. Well, yeah. Thank you. I mean, even in like the, the one director's meltdown, it's just... You seem so natural. <laughs> like you've had this meltdown. That's before. that's <laughs> the real that's the real me. But I gotta tell you, and DJ picked the the two performers behind me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I have never felt so at ease with with they're they're in it a hundred percent. I do feel like a three headed and, and they're <laughs> yeah. they're there for every bit of and DJ cast that. I was like, well, I, who who do we put back there? You know, I can't see, it. and it's a very vulnerable position to be in. You're trying to be funny, and two people are sitting behind you that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. And the first two times that didn't go over so well. I was like, okay, I'm paranoid now. I'm like, well, what are they doing back there? These two, no, I don't know. Maybe I just changed. I, well, it always used to be one person. Now it's two. Mm-hmm. So now I've, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, Two against one, mm-hmm. but it isn't. It's one. They're they're just echoing everything. <laughs> so I never, for a moment, and they both had said, "Oh, if, if we go too far, I go." No, DJ, you know he's out there. It's his job. Let's just take it out on the ledge. And DJ is directing this piece. He'll tell us. He'll say, "Let's give him an opportunity to tell us." Okay, bring it in. Bring mm-hmm. it in. We maybe maybe you don't want him to be doing that. Um, and so they're up for it. And yeah. so that whatever they throw at me, whatever they're coming at props and they're coming over. With it, <laughs> just, and I tell them, I just don't think I go, I only say this once. I go, I'm not, I'm not doing this real person. I would never, <laughs> I would never go, Oh, get off. You know, stop doing that. I, and they know that, but I mean, oh, yeah. they don't know me as well as, as you guys do. And I said, it's all in the character. So mm-hmm. if I'm yelling at your pushing in poor Paul, we just beat the heck out of him. Uh, he's so good at that. Yeah, he's he's just a rock right there. He's just he's there, and he's when once he sits down, like I got this. I got those two behind me. I got Paul next to me. I go. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can have my meltdown. <laughs> it's I love it, and that's that. That's everything that you were saying about the other two is is you too, where it's like you can be the funniest person on that stage, and then you go and you play. I love when you play a villain, and it's mm-hmm. like. It's scary. Well, like, thank you. you. Could be I could, very scary. For, for so many years, I felt the audience would just wouldn't accept me as as someone. You know, I don't. I have a character voice. I get it. I don't like my. I don't know who. I don't like my voice. Um, I'll force myself to listen to this because I want to hear you too. <laughs> and, um, but you have. You know, in in college, I was character already. I was a character actor, and so if once they think, oh, you're funny, well, then you can't play serious. You can't play a killer. And one time, I had to. We were out of people. We were out of bodies. And I played a killer in, in Agatha Christie, and I thought I'd get laughed right off, you know. And your grandpa, my dad, said, you know, what, sometimes my harshest critic, he said, I, I, I didn't even see you in that role. He said, y- you're evil. There's something wrong with you. And I said, <laughs> thank you. That's what I was going for, because stop seeing me. That's why I act. You don't want yourself up there. Right. You get to be someone complete. And I thought the audience wouldn't let me be evil. And then DJ cast me evil in Halloween Dreams. Yeah. And first thing I say, that's not my wheelhouse. And he goes, yes, it is. Just do it. Just And I, oh, I had a blast. I just had the most fun being this evil, evil. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I appreciate that opportunity. No, I love, I love um, you playing, playing evil characters. And, and I, I remember we we talked about you. I won't name the show or anything, but you we. I wanted you to be 
the evil person in one show and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm, you're, <laughs> you get stubborn like that. I'm, I'm very stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, I think you should. I think you should. I think you should. You didn't. And then uh, we cast someone else. They did a fantastic job. And you stepped in and played it just for one rehearsal. You're like, well, nobody else is here, so I got to play this. And everyone was missing that rehearsal. And you knocked it out of the park. And I was like, yep. I'm, I'm usually I'm, right. I don't even know what show that. I'm not remembering that. I won't say I won't say what show it was because I don't want anyone to feel bad. The show no. was fantastic. I love yeah. the show, but um, I just oh, you have to tell I wasn't me wasn't wrong off air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now now I'm curious because usually if you you know that that's a, that's a, the, the unfairness of the parent child relationship, and your parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. You would do anything for your kid. You do so. DJ asked that we do it, but but he's all, he's usually right. He brought back the zombie show, which I is my love of my life now. That's my favorite show. So if you didn't ask me my favorite show, <laughs> Night of Living Dead, I love it. And he brought it back. It was Dad. He brought the Halloween. Uh, let's have Halloween at the theater. Uh, sounds like a lot of work. And he's like, no, <laughs> we'll do it. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So usually, and he, like, I didn't want to be in Frank because I wanted to run lights. And he said, well, no, I think you're right for the father. And I go, I wrote the father. It's boring. <laughs> it's just, uh, but he, DJ let me expand it, let me play. And it wasn't, oh, I have to be in the, no, I, I'll sit out. I, I'll sit out every darn show. Yeah. And then what he asked me, if he'll ask me, I'll do it. Like Renfield. I go, oh, no, please. Um, I thought Renfield is not my wheelhouse, not my wheelhouse. I thought, I don't want to be, you know, and he said, no, you're. Get up there. Get up there, Dad. And I was so grateful that he did. So I, cause I had challenged the heck out of him. I'm still not comfortable. I, look, I can't look. I never look at the CD. Never. Can't look at the DVDs. But um, some people liked it. They go, oh, yeah. No, I loved it. You crazy? Yeah, I can buy that. Yeah. But. No, I, I loved it. And that's, that's what I love is, uh, like, you didn't want to be in Night of the Living Dead either. No. Oh, see? And I wanted you to be in Changed it. my life. No. I know the most joy. If you ask what most joy in all of 40 years of performance, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, playing that horrible man in the basement with a pipe. I, and, and he was so wise to, because I was like, okay, let's do it, but I don't want any blood around the theater and whatever, whatever. I'm a, just a grumpy old man most of the time. And he goes, oh, come on. He goes, and I need you to be in. And I go, what? Okay, I'm too old. But like, play the creep in the basement with a pipe. Forget it. It's like playing Halloween all month long. I absolutely, and to this day, I'm still, every, I look forward to it every year. That, no, we will do this. I don't care if the audience shows up. We're going to yeah. do it. And and absolutely, and he, he, that was you. That was you seeing something that I could do. And I, and I had people at work say, who's, is, are you this you or that mean, horrible <laughs> person? I'm like, I, you'll never know. But that was a compliment. That's the highest compliment. Oh, yeah. People say that. They go, I didn't even know you could be, like, I was just having fun. Right. And you threw me in there and, um change the whole I tell you I've never had as much fun as as uh, the Night of Living Dead as going through that 90 minutes of just sheer fun zombies all over everyone's dead everyone dies everyone horror and um, love it absolutely love it well, annual event yeah. Ghost Light Theater October do not miss <laughs> that was one of my that's one of my favorite memories ever is we've both gotten to the point Multiple times because it's just sometimes you just fall into the, the, the rhythm of everything. Like, okay, five shows, do the show, do the show, do the show. Yep. And it gets tiring because it's one after another, one after another. And we did we did this. We, we were doing Night of the Living Dead and I was directing. And I was I was excited to put it on. But, like, I was still, like, kind of like, oh, like okay, and then we'll move on to the next one. It's going to be over in a week. And then we got to move on to the next one. 
And so sometimes you get into that pattern where it's like, is this even going to matter? Like, it's going to show for a week, however many mm-hmm. people will see it. What Then what? Like, it's just over. And so sometimes you can you can get into that place. But there was a rehearsal, and it was uh, – Carla was in it, and Ryan was in it, and Ben's in it, and you're in it. And it was a TV part. And everyone just, like, was laughing and, and having a good time. And then, like, we, we took break, and everyone was just, like, talking and, and getting into it and talking about their characters and their costumes. And I was like, this is this is it. This is why. And – you'll have like experiences like that, that that'll snap you right out of it. Like, Oh, I'm just an idiot. And, and that experience I'll remember forever. And, and just like when you would, would say that, that line to Ben, like, um, turn it up. And he says, shut up. And just, everyone was laughing and just having a good time. Like to see everyone having such a good time was like, this is it. This is it. You moron. It's not, (laughs) it's never over. It it keeps going. But I loved that. And everyone just, you could just tell like everyone was just, feeling it and just having a, a great time and it's easy to get into that that rut though yeah you know um especially we got to pay the bills the building historic building it's costly it's high maintenance got to keep going and that's it covert through with such a loop yeah we're still digging out and it's like mm, gotta keep going now you gotta keep going gotta keep and uh and sometimes you get that, but then you find the joy in it. Yes, uh, as in Frankenstein. Didn't expect whatever. I enjoy watching you direct that. I really was a turning point. Um, it was all you. It was your interpretation. Sitting in the back, joy. Absol- that company was joy. Absolutely, every scene. Got to play with the Torres brothers, which uh, all of it. Every and I didn't anticipate that. Uh, that to me was I was phoning it like okay. Check this one off and then move on to the the butterflies, which was new and I was nervous and how would that go? And absolute, uh, just felt a little bit like um, uh, Night of Living Dead, just the joy of of the whole experience. And we were all sad to see it end. Yeah. Sometimes uh, the cast party is my favorite. Yeah. I love to say goodbye. <laughs> and even the ones I like. There's right. something about it's something like like a breakup, like we're done. <laughs> Never again. At this moment, at this second. And there's no going back. Right. It's over. Right. And in life it's nice to have things like that sometimes. Like and if you don't like the experience, and how how are you gonna like all seven every year? Yeah. yeah. You're like, Woohoo, it's over. And you I sometimes you say, You are in the best mood on closing Sunday. I'm like, Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> because it's a chance to start over. Yeah. Let's get the next one right. Right. Let's not you know, not that they're you know, but it's it's how you experience them. And and Frankenstein was the first time in a long time, except of course, not a living dead, that I felt sort of a loss. I thought, I wanna wanna I'm uh, wah. Yeah. I don't wanna walk away from this now. Right. I'm having too much fun, and it felt right. It felt like we were doing something substantial. It was such a good piece. Yeah. And to 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 walk away from that, that was hard. And I haven't felt that I don't too long, too long. Yeah. Yeah, with Frankenstein, I I came to see it twice because you were like, oh, once it's over, it's over. You have that feeling of you don't you don't want it to be over. Yeah. But it is going to end. And uh, yeah, I saw it twice because it was just I got that it was so good, and I was like. Once it's over, I'm never going to see this one again. And what, to a warning uh, on uh, on air, warning, um, this will become your Frankenstein to a certain extent, mm-hmm. just like my Alpha of the Night became my Alpha of the Night. And it will be a while before 
you'll be you'll do something they'll say oh yeah but there ain't no Frankenstein yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you live with it but it's it's kind of the double edged sword of having something that really resonates with people who should, I had seniors come up to me seniors go well, I don't really like this scary stuff they came up to me they go oh my I loved this I never understood. The story, tell them that, you know, the movie doesn't show you all that. I go, no, but the book does. Go read yeah. the book. You'll find it in the yeah. book. And so that, all the talent was there. Lightning struck. You put it all together. And now it will hang over your head. <laughs> yeah. I'm warning you the double-edged part. Um, no matter what I wrote. Yeah, but it's not all through the night. Like, ah, thank you. <laughs> it's something like, well, the summer musical, you're, you're doing your first musical. You will put your heart and soul, you will put everything into it. And if they don't, respond like they do to Frank's that you'll want to just meet him out in the lobby and beat yeah, him up. Yeah. Because I put, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that'll happen. Maybe you're on a roll now. Maybe yeah, they're just right. all going to be, but it is a double edged sword when you have something so special and then you try and create it again. Right. And maybe the material doesn't have that sort of, uh, the heartfelt and the yeah. scary, the comedy. You know what I mean? I'm not speaking of the musical. I, anything you do from now on. Oh, no, yeah. Until you're my age. Yeah. That'll be, so, yeah, you'll be you'll be 60 and someone will say, oh, but I'm remembering Frank and Stein. <laughs> you'll be like, all right, all righty with that. Did you ever imagine one of your kids taking over the theater? No, I did not. I hoped, you know, because they were stuck. They, the four were stuck. I'd sometimes say, we could own a bar and you'd have to come to the bar with us. So at least it's a theater. And um, Deb and I were like, yeah, no, the theater is like our first kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellard the cat was our second kid. <laughs> and then the kids started coming along. And so, well, we'd have to take them to rehearsal. I mean, we, you know, let's, this is how it works. And um, DJ, early on, I, I, you know, but here's the double edge. And I've told him this a million times. He's probably tired of hearing it. But now I'll have witnesses. <laughs> I said, DJ, we could walk away from all this. Don't, I don't want to get to a day where it says he's got to keep this going for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, your parents, they were, you know, 100 years ago they were in here. And then you have that monkey on your back of saying, well, now I got it. And, and he knows. He knows. It. I've said it a million times. Yeah. Say, so any point he says, let's lock it up. You know, I'm, I, and he, I've, I said, well, maybe you want to think about something else. He, nope, this is what he wants to yeah, do. I, yeah, I think about that too with you. I'm like, is this your, what you want to commit to the, for your life? It or, is. Or do you ever see yourself? I think. Yeah. Doing no. something else and like walking away. Maybe if you wanted to move somewhere else, you still have this theater. No, this is uh, the the one thing keeping me here. Um, and I, that's like a big statement. Like I, I hate, this is no surprise to anyone. I don't like Buffalo. <laughs> I don't like it. It's cold. It's, it's dark. There's nothing to do here. There's nothing to do in Buffalo. Um, especially I don't drink. If you don't drink in Buffalo, you're done. You're finished. <laughs> and I hate the bills. So everything, I hate everything. Oh, and, boo. <laughs> yeah. boo. Wow. So I, I would love to move. But I will never move because I love the theater, and that, that is what I want. Well, what do. you're doing, but look what he's doing, Alex, too. He's making it over in his image, just like he did Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Deb and I to be wise enough to just step back and say, look at him. Look at him go. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need, and I don't mean that. And I don't mean, oh, he doesn't need me. No, no. I'm going to be around forever. He's stuck with me. I'll be playing old men parts until I die. Like, oh, put the old bag of bones up there. Um, but, but it's different. The whole feel was different. The whole thing is different. Different in a way that we never had it before. So 
the opportunity was there, but the opportunity was there for us too. I mean, we had to carve it out. But I mean, he's it's you're making it over in, in, in your image, and I love what I see. I feel so encouraged about. That's why I don't go on and on about the past so much. The the future is what interests me. The the Night of Living Dead is back, and now the butterfly show in the spring, uh, which was that idea of you and your young people. You know what I mean? So, and the haunted the Halloween, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, is now a destination. Halloween night, you better be at the Ghost Light Theater if you want to have a good time. <laughs> That's all you. So that is the that is the and 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 Deb and I have talked about it. I say. Oh, I hope he doesn't think he needs to do this. Like, no, yeah. he doesn't. We've, we've, we've all three of us we've had the talk, and he said, "No, it would be different if we was just trying to keep the torch lit." Yeah, right. there ain't no torch. It's different. We you're doing things in your own, in a modern, in a youthful, in a what? And it, to me, it's it's thrilling. It's just a thrilling to watch. Sit in the back and watch it unfold, and and be helpful when needed, but. Um, uh, enjoying the turnover, enjoying the change. Um, so, yay. Do you think if he didn't um, want to inherit this, that he, that you, at the end of your time, would you have, like, given it over to someone else, or would you just have closed the theater? I would hope, I would hope there's enough people interested that, that would say, oh, no, you know, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, for, for the ghost like theater, mm-hmm. say, no, keep it going forever, but not for me. Mm-hmm. I, not, I don't care, you know, oh, the founder, you know, uh, oh, yes, uh, footnote, foot, I don't, I don't need to be anything but a footnote to say I was part of it. I was, at the beginning, I was uh, a one-fourth of it. It was a dollar bill, and I was a quarter, and there were four people who, we'd go to Payne's every Thursday night, Deb, Joanne, Jess, and me, and we would laugh a lot, but we would write designs on napkins. We had this all figured out. This this was going to be and the passion of those three, which carried me and still carries me. Part of it's like mm, I would keep it until I die, just for them, you know. And to say, oh, they're not, but they are around. They're around. They're, I'm the day to day. DJ's the day to day. But they're around. They're, mm-hmm. they're always a part of it. So that I I my hope would be that even if DJ's like meh. <laughs> go on. Someone else would pick, you know, one of these little kids who came to Frankenstein and had their mind blown. They would pick up the ball. Someone would say, yeah. this is too important. We've got something special here. So that's why I want to clarify that and say, um, but it's not about me. And, and it never was about me. I'm a little part of the, the, the cog, which I love to be a part of it. And um, to now sit back and watch what we've come up with change. And move into the modern world, a place where us old people don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. All this uh, social media, t- I love it. I look at it. I don't have a Facebook, but I'm like, oh, look, there's, there's uh, my people on there. <laughs> and I look every day at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look how. So this is something that's not of our generation, you know, and um, I'm loving it. I, you know. So yay to all of that. And this, we're talking in here in this closet. Yeah, this is me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Well, and I, I love it too. Like I there's all there's always these these moments of like this is this is why. Um I I, I was driving Natalie home the other day and she was just like Talking about school, like everyone that age is so stressed out about school and what they're doing and with their life and everything. I think ev- nobody ever gets to a point where they're not stressed out about that. 
but she was just saying like I'm so like I'm so happy when I'm here and doing this like this is it and like I'm just like that's that's, that's why, why that's it that's yeah. it that's that's, it. No, that's sure. why right there yep. and, and the kids who come in and they're like oh I've been looking forward to this like all week during school and I remember being there like oh I'm taking this exam but I'm like oh I'll be at the theater tonight cool and you know hang out with Jed hang out with with all them and and like that's why that's why it's you, a sanctuary it. and it's a sanctuary where we play make believe. And we're accepting. Come on in. You want to come in? Come in. We're, you know, this is who artists and theater people at the heart are. And yeah. we have our own clubhouse. Yeah. I never get. No, it's been twenty-one. I will never get tired of that. I will never take it for granted. You walk in that building. It's our building. This is our clubhouse. We get to hang. We get to have game night here. Yeah. Uh, it's just to be pinch, pinch, pinch. Um, the blessings that we've had. One after another, without measure, um, and we are appreciative. Uh, we are, as a, I, I do believe, as as a group of people, um, like you say, the kids. It's a sanctuary yeah. after school. Like, yeah, we're here. And and Saturday mornings when they're so noisy and they raise the roof. Oh, Thank God that, yeah. they raised the roof. <laughs> For a while there, we didn't have kids around, and it was a mausoleum. And then Saturday morning, and like. Mm, the whole place comes back to life. Yeah. So now we've got a lot of good kids. We've got a good mix. We've got, um, um, you're right. Yeah, that's why. And so anytime it feels like work, you know, you stop and think, why are we, t- oh, yeah, because we can find joy here, but we could find solace in each other. We all helped each other through COVID. Yeah. We'd all come in, different, d- dragging. I'd come in, dragging my butt and saying, feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I'd be surrounded by these people saying, what's your problem? Get up. Let's build a stage. Let's, And then it would lift me. And then I'd go home thinking, and then next day I'd be up. And maybe someone would right. be dragging her butt. Right. And that's how it is over there. Um, anytime I come, as grumpy as I want to be, I feel like um, I'm lifted up and lifted out of my doldrums. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to have a place to come after work with a sense of camaraderie. Yes, and feeling welcome. Mm-hmm. That's important, and we can never lose that. That's it. Come on in. Come on. You know, you're us right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you've done no show, everybody applauded like crazy at the read through for the new people. Yeah, and the new yeah. people are looking like, oh, they're going to sell us a timeshare. No, <laughs> right. we're really happy you're here. Yeah. You might be here forty years from now, or you might. This might be your only show. We don't know that, uh, but you're welcome and. No matter what you pick, you make that happen. You'll be here 20 years from now. You're welcome. Uh, or you've had enough, <laughs> and it happens. Yeah. And and I think we're a little we're, – we're serious. We're intent. We're that um, intramural uh, softball league that will win at all costs. <laughs> and some teams, oh, we're just here for fun and go out for beer. Well, no, nah, no. Nah. That's some community theaters. We ain't that way. And so we'll have our fun and we laugh, and we, but the product's going to be as best as it can be. And to right. me, that's the joy. And yeah. I think other people find that too. Like, we rock. Yeah, yeah, we rock. But it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You can't just sit and be silly and, and whatnot. And that's a difficult balance to strike. And some people say, well, oh, yeah, they're kind of intense around here. No, only with the work. Yeah. And never rude. Never like, come on, get up there. Let's, let's nail it. The scene is good. Everything's good. We're like, yeah. And then we have the fun. And... um I think some people are like, oh, no, I just want a social play. And that's fine. There's plenty of community theaters out there that just kind of well, – they were telling me, they say, oh, they get there at 6.30. They start rehearsal about 7.15 because they just sit around. Like, okay, no, start at 
down by nine. You know, um, so to your point, uh, I think sometimes that intensity doesn't sit well with people who just want to chill. Like we chill, but not all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't have a great, you can't have the reputation and keep building it. You can't have a great night of living dad just by showing up and being like silly. Right. You know, some of the things you zombies did, some of the things that we choreographed, ah, oh, amazing. Well, someone will get hurt if you didn't execute oh, yeah. them. I mean, die or fall, you know, you're falling out of second story window. All these wonderful visuals. The audience goes, oh, how'd you do that? Well, that takes some intensity and seriousness. Yeah. Like, okay, get out of his way. You, you, you can't jeopardize this stunt or someone gets hurt. You know, things like that. Right. And I think some people say, oh, it's not all fun and games. Like, nah, like anything in life, there's work. Yeah. But I find joy in the work. When a scene in Frankenstein was flawless, where you work and you work and you're dancing in the aisle. People yeah. are jumping up and going. And then we laugh and how silly and whoa. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not a, a, yeah, it's not a social club, but we're social. Yeah, and we're friends, and we're welcoming. Well, yeah, and we got better about that after the pandemic, I think, because we're all just so grateful to be to stay alive, yeah, just to be alive, to be alive, and <laughs> and and have the theater be a, a thing yes. still. And so uh, I know before we we had our, our 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 issues, but I think now we're we're looking forward to. It. And I love new people. Every time yeah. a new person comes and, in at auditions, I'm we're yeah. bumping each other at the table. Yeah. Like here we go. And and we're not perfect. I was telling I said, if you find a perfect place, don't join it. Because you'll wreck it. Right. We're not, of course we're not. Right. We're human beings. But we acknowledge that right Oh, maybe we could have done this different. Or someone will come up and say, you know, I have a beef. I have a beef. <laughs> What's your beef? Let's, hit, let's air it. Air your beef. Air your um, grievances. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be to a place where you say, you know what? I think you're right. We may have. We may have, Yeah, we might have done that different. Yeah. And I apologize for that. But uh so let's move on and, and try and be – so that's how you got to be. I right. mean it's all – but you're right. I think our, our um, COVID – good the, the, the silver lining of that is we appreciate all the more what we almost lost. Yes. Nobody knows how close we almost lost. We technically lost. We lost it and got it back. I mean I, I, you spare all the details because it was too much. But um, other groups like us are gone. Little restaurants, gone. So many places, gone. And we were gone, and we're back. Yeah. So nobody knows how hard we hung on. Nobody knows what we, how we sold our very soul uh, to be here. And, right. and no regrets. No regrets. Thank God we're here. Thank God we're still here. Well, and yeah. I think that's celebratory. We've got to keep that going forever. Yes. Ne- next time we're dragging our butts in there and say, well— we we shouldn't be here technically, right? Um, but we are. It's our second chance. Yeah, yeah. I haven't dragged my butt all season, so I'm looking forward <laughs> next season too. We got a we got a good next season coming. Well, up. We, oh my gosh! And then he's already got the third season planned. He's wow. sending me texts at work. Say, how about this? And not just one or two. He's got all seven. Okay, <laughs> I'm. That sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm. I was really excited about that because I next season was great. And I can't wait for next season. Um, so I, I just I love picking shows. You yeah. and I just I I love talking about shows and oh well this could work here this could work here and and we do go back and forth. You know he wrote yeah. in, but what he picked was you know it it all makes good good sense to me. So all I can do is say 
well, I would pick that season. That season works for me. And it's something we'll change it right up to the last minute. Yeah, we'll change. We'll go back and forth in serious dialogue. What's best for the audience? What will be good for box office? We sometimes you have to insulate a play that you know won't do well. Yeah, we're not in a position yet where we can do that like we used to. We'd do a piece that we knew we'd love that wouldn't make any money, but we'd insulate it on each side with a with a crowd pleaser. Right. We can't even use that strategy again yet because we're still digging out from all that we owe from COVID. But that's fine. It's all good. It's all happening. And so we, the ice is pleased because they're getting crowd pleasers one after another, after another, after another. Um, so they got to be loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm. we do have crowd pleasers next season, obviously, like like you just said. Um, but I, I'm very excited to work on them. I'm, I'm very excited. Me too. For it's them. not. It's not like it's pandering or something that we wouldn't. You know, it's not nice to be the only one in the room that doesn't know <laughs> what is going. May eighth, you will find out. We have to figure out how we're going to announce them too. That's a I know. Whole we other... got. We're, we're already behind it. Oh my! <laughs> we got to. We got to order the awards. We got to. Um, oh my god! Yeah. There's still one that we haven't gotten royalties for. It's oh, outstanding. Wow. And so we need a second choice. I suspect we're going to be delivering one of the tickets, TBA, to be announced because we yeah. got to get the ticket order in. And this will be too you know, Well, what are you going to do? It's been almost six weeks since they'll give us an answer. Kill me. And uh, How long does it usually take for them to well, get an answer? It depends on the company. And I think the longer they wait, it means they're trying to tell you, no, you can't have this. Mm-hmm. Well, just tell us. Yeah. Just tell us. Some... So like the musical last year, we couldn't get a couple choices we picked. And you're right down to the wire. Then the one Deb picked, within the day, they said, you can have wow. that. So it depends the company. They're stringing us along on this one. This is one they've denied us before, twice. And if they deny us this third time, I get so mad about it. I'm like, you couldn't tell us six weeks ago? What it exactly? took you six weeks? Do you know what their protocol is? For- the protocol is, here's our problem. Um, Toronto is... Up there, mm-hmm. New York City, they think, oh, New York. They'll say, oh, what? for example, we tried to get Sound of Music. Um, uh, and uh, they say, oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to be it, – it, okay. Here. They closed Phantom in Toronto, which played, what, what, 20 years. And they replaced it with Sound of Music. Okay. And Debbie <laughs> Boone was in it. She's lovely, no doubt. And I told him on the phone, I go, okay, first of all, um, Toronto is another country. <laughs> and – this was in the sum. This was in January. In the summer, I was out for the next year. I go by January, you'll be closed. Oh no, this is going to run for years. Sound of music, sound of music is going to run for years, like Phantom did. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you. I know it, I don't count because I'm just community theater bumpkin. But I'm here to tell you, you'll be closed by the end of the year. Well, by the end of the year, they call. We get to, yeah. You we gambled and made the t- printed the tickets. Wow. And I'm saying, Whoa. who's going to go? To go site there, say, oh, never mind Debbie Boone in Toronto. I'm going to go see Sound of Music at the Go Site Theater. Like, they're just, and other times they'll say, well, you know, the show's playing in New York City. Like, you know, New York City's 500 (laughs) miles from me. Do you know that? They don't know that. They don't know that. I go, it's 500 miles. Chicago's closer. You'd be better to look at Chicago and say, oh, you can't have that. Chicago's doing it. So you're dealing with these people who don't know geography. 
and they see New York, and that's what's happening to us right now. Uh, it's uh, in New York City right now. I go, yeah, but we're not. We're 500 miles yeah. away from New York City. It's just, it's not the same audience. Yeah, it, it, yeah. in no way, shape, or form, is it the same audience? You got to save up to go to Broadway. And, and, yeah. and exactly. And so that's been, a, especially with the musicals, and especially with the publishers, getting so greedy. They want to make sure they get every cent out of it. And they also take the protocol is it touring? Well, it's coming to Shays next year. That happened with. I think Fiddler. I go, but we'll be done. We'll be done in August, mm-hmm. and they're coming next May. Well, uh, it, it oh has no God. trying to make them understand. <laughs> yeah, and so that's our problem. It's it's location, 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 and we have to be in New York and Toronto. One time it was Rochester. I go, oh come on, there's no theaters in Rochester. Someone <laughs> in Rochester was doing some darn thing. Um, and I go, oh, come on. Do you have to plead your case? You can. It's, it's usually, or you I just... do it just to let off steam. I call them, <laughs> I call them right up. Oh, it's that nut from North Tonawanda. <laughs> and I'll just say, God, come on. And Sound of Music, I think it really helped. Yeah, Because yeah. he had remembered me. I, I made myself memorable. <laughs> and I didn't tell him, well, yeah, we already printed the tickets and sold them <laughs> as part of our subscription packet. Because I knew, you know, okay, yeah, okay, maybe bumpkin though I may be, I'm telling you, the Pantages Theater is not going to play Sound of Music for 10 years. I, I promise you. And it lasted like three months. And right after Christmas, it closed. And it's like, no, I'm not a prophet. You just kind of know. So, we, so that paid off. This one, I don't know. I, I have a sense they're going to just say, yep, took us six weeks, but you can't have it. And I, I hate that. Co- I hate you. I hate you. Um, and <laughs> it's it will, always a musical. It's it, always well, a yeah, musical. Yeah, because they're greedy. They want every penny. Every... I'm surprised you were even able to do Sweeney Todd. Okay, we, we had out. Sweeney Todd before they announced it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. But I realized that it's playing now at... Uh, uh, at Broadway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I was, I, like, I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to take it away from us." Yeah, I don't think they can once we sign. That's what you sign, okay, and you good. send in four hundred dollars security. And I think security, yeah, no, we're not going to. No, maybe they figured out we're five hundred miles from them. And um, the other one was we were supposed to West Side Story when COVID hit, and the Spielberg movie came out. Oh. The same, like you let. <laughs> What <laughs> you that to me would say? Well, I just saw it go. Say I'm not going to AMC, but no, we they gave us the rights. Mm. I'm like we didn't do it. We didn't end yeah. up doing it um, because of COVID. Like that would hurt us. Like oh, I just saw the Spielberg version. Exactly. And I'm not going to go see it at Ghostlight. So that uh. was fine. That that I thought they'd be yeah. pulling that faster than you know. And no, that was fine. And and this one's fine. But we we locked it in before. Yeah. And then they did announce it. And like I'm going to go see that, but I, 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 it wouldn't stop me from seeing it here. Yeah, it was... I know. Or directing it, hopefully. Or directing. <laughs> You'll come right. back and say, "I'm not putting I on can't. that piece Aww. of crap." <laughs> I just, I just I ain't saw doing it. it. I'm not doing this. I, you're going to need to find someone else. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way, and so I don't know. Right. Wow. Right. While we're at the the two hour mark, yeah, I was, <laughs> we are I was late thinking. for oh, spring cleaning. Sorry, <laughs> my um, bad. No, no, there's still a lot good. that we could talk about. I have about. so many, yeah, so many more questions. So um, obviously, we're gonna have to have you on again. Um, I had a, a cool idea. I was talking to to mom about this. I want to go out there in the in the couches and have um, 
you, Jesse, Deb, and Joanne. Oh, my oh God. that would be so much fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, she was she was in for it. We like, would just laugh. We would just laugh. Yeah. All of the six of us would just be laughing like fools for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's another one. I mean, her and her and Joanne, I want to have on together, and then separate, and then multiple things we can talk about with them. Um, so yeah, all of you, we have to have you all on hundred more times. How fun is this? <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Well, I hope you had fun. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, question. Do yeah. you do you remember your word? I have no idea what the word was. <laughs> oh, it was something like bedazzled or <laughs> um, something. Res, res, was it reslid? Something? Mm-hmm. Res, resident? No. Uh, resplendent. 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 Okay, all right, resplendent. It is... Uh, <laughs> Something nice. You kind of had it. It was shiny and glowy. Uh, I'll never use it. I'll forget it after. No, but your dad said bedazzled. Bedazzled's a better word. Bedazzled is a better word. I'll phone in every and give you a better uh, word <laughs> or the word of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, might as well. I I don't remember these words. They're, this is Splendid. beginner. That's a beginner word. What? That's not a beginner word. Get out of here. There's so, like, levels. I wanna, yeah, I want to try like. The hardest version, and there's going to be words that I've never heard of and can't pronounce, and will never use in my life. Wow! Yeah, they ripped me off. I already canceled my <laughs> subscription. So well, wait, if we no. if we do this, wait, when does it end? Next year. Oh, okay. So I, I the twenty dollars is still there, so <laughs> I get the full year of it. Okay. Garbage app. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's it. Follow us on social media. Sorry, Night Theater on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Here We Sit is coming up insanely fast, way too quickly. Mm-hmm. We have five more rehearsals left. Yep. What is it, April 27th I'm shaking to in my May boots. 7th? I think so. Yeah, April 27th to May 7th. We yeah. got It's so funny already. We all just sit there and laugh. It's so funny. It is. Yeah, it'll be, we're good. We are good to go. <laughs> I haven't made it through a scene without laughing. Well I'm, laugh- well, I'm laughing at you guys in those classes. And I thought, oh, yeah. I never break, never, <laughs> which is not true. And I turn and look at you guys like, what? What's so abs- I love absurd. I love ab- yeah. that's when I laugh. And I'm, and you're looking at me so serious. And I'm, and then I'm not talking, so everybody's looking like a little bit concerned, like what's wrong with the old man? He's not talking. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And I start laughing. It's so absurd, but it, I'm glad if we find it funny. Hopefully, the audience will find it funny. Right. Yeah. Right. So now I'm gonna have to deliver that speech, looking at you yeah. guys decked out like that and it's so sarcastic and it was like they they got these yeah i won't give it away but um very funny very very funny yeah. i yeah. can't wait i can't wait to to experience it live yeah i've seen it so many times now i'm i'm excited to be a part of it me too all right that's it any closing remarks from either one of you i think we just have a no thank you a crazy episode next week a crazy episode next week. <laughs> oh, any hints? Are there hints? Can we have hints? Remember, I'm the number one fan. <laughs> you wanna, um, yeah, you can. I'm trying to think without giving it away. We could give it a... Uh, I no, you're, I don't want to... No, no. I'll be, I love surprises. <laughs> Is the person make it a surprise or the activity? Oh, um... Because who's following me? No, seriously. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> who's going to follow me? The, <laughs> the people are... The people are the surprise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people are okay. the surprise. Very well then. <laughs> I will tune in and see who these special people are. Oh, they're special. All right. <laughs> they're special. Oh, people. I can't wait now. Yay. All right. <laughs> Me and Daisy will be listening. Great. Thank you guys for listening. We'll yeah, thank you guys for listening. Next week, episode 14.